Wildcats mission log. Entry one, Jacob Milo speaking. We are in the middle of a war, a war mankind is not even aware of. For several months, I've been assembling a covert action team to fight the Daemonite threat, and our roster is nearly complete. Void has located our final member, but the Daemonites have interfered with our recruiting efforts before. I pray the team gets to them in time. guess if you two were roommates also you would be the felix hunger ramon said yesterday his plates are not even plates they're just like uh like plastic pieces that he bought from ikea yeah they're ikea tupperwares because why would i need plates if oh they are tupperwares so they're for food yeah yeah, yeah. i thought they were just like buckets or like I, I could I could believe uh, Ramon just keeping buckets around, <laughs> just like from just, the gardening department. Like the first couple, first yeah, plastic thing you saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just uh, pack the bucket with sandwiches, and you just nah, because, like take sandwiches out, throw because, wrappers in. Because here's the thing, like, so I buy these IKEA Tupperwares, and I can put like whatever like food I want in it, and if I don't finish the food, I just pop the top on it. Put it in the fridge. Boom! That leftovers. I don't understand why anybody uses plates. Frankly, it just seems inefficient. You really are conserving. You're doing. You're doing a yeah. great service for your nieces and nephews that one day they'll realize. Not using water. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's it, you're truly really advanced. Yeah, I use water. <laughs> I mean, like you know. Yeah, but if if you're not doing dishes. Oh, oh, I thought you meant yeah. like I just don't use water. Period. I'm like I drink no, no, water. I, I, you're saving. You're saving on dishes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dishwashing. Yeah. It's like a vegetarian for water. He doesn't fuck with any sort of... <laughs> yeah. No liquids. Yeah. I don't shower. I don't bathe. No water because of the environment. Yeah. Yeah, that's my excuse for, for not taking any showers. A true radical. I love the environment. <laughs> Mine is like, where am I going? Yeah. Like, who's going to smell me if I'm in my room all day? Yeah, quarantine is Rats. getting to be a bit much in that department. I'll go, I'll so go you like, go? three days. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, three days. We could talk about, like, a week. <laughs> Bro, I don't go anywhere. I maybe go and get a sandwich. That's it. And so then, like, like, do, I'll you, like do I smell bad? I guess. I'll take a shower. Do but, you at like, least change clothes to go to the sandwich place, or do they always see you with the same clothes? No, I change clothes. If I am getting in my car and going someplace nowadays, I it's like I'm going to church. Like, I get showered, I get dressed, <laughs> <laughs> I put on cologne. A whole, a whole look. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Mex Flentayo. It is I, as always, the true outlaw of comics, Mr. Old School, Ramon Villalobos, and I'm joined by, once again, take him or leave him, some are saying, Daniel Idizagri. Some are saying I'm pretty good, but hey, how's it going? Well, some are so, like, a lot of people are saying that you're getting better, a lot of people are saying you're Mr. Interruption. But a couple of people, uh, as soon as they heard that trumpet impersonation, they were like, whoa, Daniel's trumpet here to man. Stay. They call you Donald Trumpet. 
Yeah, they call me Dan- Daniel Trump. <laughs> it. Trump it. This week, we are joined by a good friend of mine, really good friend of mine, a dude who I've known for a long time since I started going to conventions. He was really nice to me when I was just a young go-getter, a nobody, a fucking loser. Just go to con selling, like, you know, shitty little prints. But, you know, he's watched me blossom into the the superstar artist that I am today. I saw the vision. And you know what? Yeah, he saw the vision before anyone else did. Um, and he's got an image book coming out. His first one, he's been, you know, he's been slumming it. He's been doing books that nobody cares about. We're not even going to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got his very own image book coming out called Stray Dogs. It's a comic about dogs, if you like animals and that kind of thing. That's straight it. Just, dogs. just about dogs. It's called Straight Up Dogs. Straight Up Dogs. Just dogs, straight up. Yeah. But yeah, he's... Uh, He's a good friend of mine, talented artist, but writing this book and, and kind of, do, I, I feel like what I've seen you do is a lot of like sort of art department, kind of like overseeing of the process. Like, yeah, like you do more than most writers on the art end of it. Like you'll kind of like, you know, I don't want to like talk, I don't want to talk bad about the artists that are on the book, but like you, there's a lot of like back end stuff that you'll come in and like fill in gaps and, and stuff to like, make sure it's like the vision is complete, but yeah, uh, uh, this week joined by sorry, I just want to say your name real quick. Oh, Tony sure. Fleeks. Welcome, welcome to the show. Hey guys, I, I, I started the conversation. I just was like, yeah, you let me throw your creative team under the bus. It. It's a very succinct <laughs> intro. I love it. Uh, yeah, not I'm, succinct, kind of <laughs> rambly. <laughs> on the art direction stuff, I'm like, I'm an artist and a, and a writer on this project, uh, but the project has an artist. But luckily. Uh, she's newer, and so all my sort of control freaky over directing is is helpful. Whereas if it was like like if I was working with you or somebody that done a bunch of books, they would just be like, "Knock this shit off!" Like I don't want these layouts. But in this case, it's just like, "Oh, helpful, cool." So yeah, so it, it works out well for both of us because I I have trouble like giving up control, and she's very happy to sort of take the the mentorship. But yeah, I'm hyped about the stray dogs thing because I'm told that if you get what is it? Sixty thousand pre-orders. <laughs> Sixty thousand. Yeah, that I get to share a humiliating video of yours that that we've that all your your close friends have seen, where you let's like let's just get into it. You were struck by lightning as a boy, right? As a teenager, <laughs> as fifteen years old, I was struck by lightning. You have uh, footage of yourself getting struck by lightning. God, I wish. I would, <laughs> I would love to have seen what that looked like. But no, I got struck by lightning. I was a camp counselor at a. At a, ch- a children's choir camp, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just and, every part of this, like we we've, we've talked about this so much, and every part of it delights me. Like, there's <laughs> there's always some new wrinkle that just like fucking kills me about the story. But yeah, you were a camp counselor at a children's choir camp. <laughs> I also like you the were, lightning. You were the, the you my were favorite part about a it. Tree with your best friend, That's your boy, right. my boy Sean. Saved my life. You guys were huddled up. Yeah, you uh-huh. saved your life. <laughs> we More not... ways than one, some would say. Sure. Uh, I was killed by the lightning. Like I, I was. I had no heartbeat and stuff for a minute. Ramon <laughs> thinks that's a sign of weakness. Uh, this, is, this is hilarious that you died a little bit. Yeah, I bounced back from that. That I was revived by you know first responders on the scene. By God from the choir. Like that's 
that's what I had hoped I would see, but I became sort of deeply cynical. I did not see any, like, <laughs> you didn't God see didn't any, show like, up. There was not, like, a choir full of angels that, like, sang you back to life, like, there was lifted no, your soul up. and No heavenly host of children's choir. Nothing like that. You just kind of died. You just kind of yeah. got, like, burnt to a crisp. I, I went out like a bitch. I was just completely no. fried. <laughs> it, well, <laughs> go on, but go on. So what Ramon's talking about is then uh, I got helicoptered to a hospital, and then months later the helicopter company was like, hey, that was crazy that you got struck by lightning. Do you want to be in a commercial uh, for, our, <laughs> for our helicopter service? And they're like, we'll give you $1,500 and you know all this stuff. And we were just like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, so say me, no more. Me and my so buddy Sean. dollars <laughs> yeah. we got invited uh to come come be in this commercial and they shot it and uh at the time i was like this is crazy i'm like in a little short movie uh but now uh you know t- 25 years removed uh it is very em- embarrassing to see i was uh i was an <laughs> awkward young man and i'm on full <laughs> display <young> <laughs> yeah. i was full of joy full of life optimism I'm at a hundred percent curiosity on this film. So here's the thing: is I wish people would want it. Like, so like the thing is, Tony is doing really well on on pre-orders for the book. Like, this the thing is the book rules. It's about so Tony, like, legit, now you're worried? It's about like uh, it's about stray dogs that and like serial killing and like it's like it's taking like the old school animation of yeah. like what is it like Don like Don Bluth Don Bluth yeah, yeah like Don Bluth animation style. It looks really sick. It's fascinating. To see that juxtaposition of a very classical animated style with what is potentially a murder thriller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's like that's the whole thing, and that's why, like, I think Tony's mind was damaged by the the lightning. <laughs> he's always coming lightning. at us with like crazy things like this, yeah. but this one is actually happening, and it's like happening on like a big scale. It's with Image Comics, and it's already optioned into a movie. With who? With Paramount. Is this, is this announced Paramount. already? Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, we're not breaking it on e- Flex Montayo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's he awesome, told his though. agent, hey, tell the Hollywood reporter to hold on. Tell Deadline yeah. to hold on. I'm going on Max Flintel. <laughs> we're breaking it on Max. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, we're all hyped because Tony, like, legit, you're one of the hardest working, like, dudes that I know in comics has been, like, chasing this shit for... As long as I've known you, and then like, and like you know, long way longer than that. Yeah. So like, it's just cool to see somebody who's worked so hard, like sort of, like this is this is like a a big moment. Yeah. So I got, I got one I'm hyped for you. And you said if you get certain sales numbers, that I get to share that video of you getting struck by lightning and frolicking in the in the woods. So or in the not sorry, it's not woods. It was a meadow. You were frolicking in a meadow <laughs> with your boy Sean. Yes, and, I'm suffering from. Your and own I'm also allowed here. to share my different, like I edited different versions of it, like as a as a goof. I edited him in like the Dawson's Creek theme and stuff like that, and I'll get to share those as well. So, like, this is I'm actually taking a lot of this personally to like. <laughs> my success is your success in this case. I've done nothing to help. Like he's done everything, but he somehow like still gave me that carrot. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I was like, well, the least I can do, you want to go on my podcast? <laughs> right now, I'm not concerned at all. Uh, like, I feel like it would be a miracle if 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 we got to the release the video level. But who knows? Uh, maybe this will be flex the flex bump is real. Yeah. This this might be the flex that does it. 
Yeah, the, the Flintio bump. The yeah. Flint bump. Yeah, this this could be it. I would be very excited to share that with people uh, if, <laughs> if I was also getting super paid at the same time. Who's that creative team on that? Break off the names so what people know. Yeah. That way it's not like, oh, you only had on the right or you can talk about the art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the art team is uh, Trish Forstner uh, is uh, the cartoonist who's drawing the whole thing. She's got a super dope animated style. Uh, she studied under Don Bluth in like an online course situation. So she's bringing like a lot of that sort of like Don Bluth theory and like that whole vibe to it. Um, and then Tony Rodriguez. The secret sauce. Yeah, right. You can see it in the mix. You're like, oh, it looks like there's something there, some sort of animation uh, vibe to it. Uh, and then Tony Rodriguez, one of my oldest friends, is doing uh, the layouts uh, and sort of like t- tight backgrounds. And then Brad Simpson is the colorist on that, a uh, friend of the pod. And, uh, Frank, yep. and, uh, then my flatter, Lauren Perry and Lauren Harder did the logo design. That's the whole team pretty much. Um, and you and me, and I wrote it sort of filling in the leaks and the, wrote it. the succinct premise is it's about a serial killer that, uh, kidnaps people's dogs as trophies. Like he takes his victims dogs after he kills them. And this is the story of that, that guy, but told through the eyes of the dogs rather than like a serial killer story told through the eyes of like the cops or the killer himself. So it's sort of like a Balto, but with murder without spoiling yeah. it, without spoiling it. Could, will, will we find out who let the dogs out? <laughs> yeah. As a matter of <laughs> fact, I'm not going to give anything away, but you will at the end of the series, know who had indeed let the dogs out. What I'm bummed about still is that there is no Chihuahua name. Ramon with like an E at the end of it. That would have been. <laughs> and he says like bit bit. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's an inside joke that people don't know about. This yeah, I did. I did a, a chuckle because to... it sounds funny, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> you... So I was written into a Jeff Parker comic. Um, they just took my whole essence. Um, you didn't sue? Like they like the artist literally just drew pictures of me, and it was uh, Warlord of Mars attacks. Very loving tribute, but Jeff Parker just does not understand my voice, and he had me saying some wild shit. <laughs> it, it was technically not Ramon Villalobos, it was Ramon Rodriguez, mm. but like literally wore, it literally was like, he. they just took images of me and just like put me in the book. It was crazy. They had me do variant covers for it too, and I'm doing these variant covers not knowing I'm in the fucking thing. I could have just drawn myself. Yeah, that would have been a great cover. I was like, not just in it, I'm like... A main character. You're like the third lead or the second lead. Yeah, I talk more than anybody. Yeah. Did you get like any kickback? <laughs> I got well, I got some variant cover money. <laughs> At least that's probably more that's... than you would have got from points. I would imagine. I, absolutely, but yeah, no, like so. I've you know I've been I've been it's been cool. I, like that was funny. Uh, Sophie Campbell, who does the sick ass you know intro to our show, she put me. Also in the Ninja Turtles, uh, I've I've had some writers that'll just throw me in as the president, but like I felt like missed opportunity to not have a Chihuahua, like a loudmouth Chihuahua in the book. But whatever, like a Cheech from Oliver and Company, exactly like a Cheech from Oliver and Company. Now you're like big timing other creators. Like, why am I not in the book? Where's right. <laughs> Where's my cameo? Like, uh, but, well, I don't we feel like it's that, but like Tony's a good friend of mine. If I had a dog that got struck by lightning in my dog book, I'd make. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'd put him in there. I'd give a shout out to the homie. I mean, that's a book I'd want to read. There's a Chihuahua. I mean, Chihuahua Tony. We get a Chihuahua eventually, but he sadly does not have. He doesn't say bit bit or anything. 
He's a. Oh, that's be- well. What's his name? Ramon. Is there no? I mean, he's he does not even have a name in the book. Oh, he's just, so a he just be whatever. But if there's like <laughs> but a now, source book. Now he's named Ramon. <laughs> if we do a, if we do official yeah, handbook. Speaking of which, yeah. Speaking of source books, speaking of Image Comics number ones, let's get into it. We just get into it because I got a hop lot right to say. In. I got a lot. I got a lot to say, guys. So when I when I talked to Tony about doing the show, um, I asked I asked you what what but what you wanted to do like what because. He's listened to the show, and one of our favorite things to do is just like basically read through a comic with a listener, like they're a child. Yeah, we do. We do like comic storybooks, storybook time. <laughs> yeah, sit down. You know, crisscross applesauce. We're gonna tell you about this comic. What you're too dumb to understand about it. We're gonna explain the meaning behind the panels. <laughs> You'll know uh, it's time to turn the page when you hear a chime ring like this. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we were like. What do you want? What book do you want to do? Sometimes I have one in mind. Sometimes I ask the the listener. And Tony was saying, uh, like, was it Days of Future Past or something? Well, I was talking about Age, well, of, Age of Apocalypse John first. Burn books. It was not oh, Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about '90s comics. We're talking about '90s comics. So you're a big '90s comics fan. I'm a big '90s comics fan. And you said Age of Apocalypse first because you love Joe Mad famously. Yeah. Then we thought Battle Chasers, but like I just read Battle Chasers and like it's cool looking, but there's not a lot you could take from it. Then we were saying Crimson, whatever. Like I like I love Crimson. I definitely want to talk about it, but like it didn't feel big enough. I wanted to like really get into this, and uh, we said Wildcats, Boom. which is Jim Lee, Brandon Choi, you know Scott Williams. Wait, did I see Brandon Choi? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Chiodo on colors. You know, it's just an all star, all star crew. Uh, so we were like, "Oh, that's perfect." And then I sent it to Daniel. Said, "Read this comic." <laughs> yeah, he gave me he are. gave me a a, a, a comic at, at midnight. He said, I handed it "Read to this. You. Read this by yeah. tomorrow. You're gonna Did, get quizzed." Had you read it before? Um, I had I had probably uh flipped through it, never fully as like the wildcats experience i was right. never i never uh got into it i just have seen enough of this book enough times where i i i was familiar with a lot of it but never fully read it yeah like you recognize the big panels but you you don't remember that there was all this time jumping it, i was surprised by how uh let's say complicated in a good way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This book Tony, can be. What was your experience with? like? So, like, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Daniel. So you were just like you had skimmed it, but you'd never read it. Yeah, no interest. It was like it's a little before your time. Um, and you it, were like a just manga the, kid. Uh, my my older brother is the one who was raised uh, with '90s comics, so I read I a lot of his uh, '90s comics collection. And maybe he had one Wildcats issue or another, but he didn't have this one. He had like X Men number one, yeah. um, which I want to talk about a little bit in relation to this because Ooh. no, I, I, I just as a note, it's really impressive that Jim Lee has gotten to have like two X Men number ones, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is like the the second equally successful X Men number one. Um, well, nothing is equally successful about it. That thing is literally the most, like, 
sold comic of all time, but I wonder which, yeah, but it, which one he made more sophomore, money on. Though. There's a good oh, sophomore which, attempt. Oh, would he make more money That's on it? True. It's got to be this one, right? It's got to be this one. Yeah, but uh, Tony, what's your experience with it? Uh, so I was reading comics around when this came out. I don't remember being hyped for this first issue. I sort of found out about Image when they were all on like issue three. Uh, yeah. And so I was like digging, like looking for back issues and, and trying to find the earlier issues. I remember my Wildcats number two, like two famously had this hollow foil cover. Uh, yep. And then they did a second printing, which was the lamest second printing of all time, where it's just not a hollow foil cover. Like it's just where it used to be a hologram. <laughs> it's just white. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that was my Wildcats number two. And I eventually found Wildcats number one for, you know, cover price or whatever. Uh, so I read it back then and I continued to read it and I read all the, you know, like Wildcats trilogy and Wildcats special and like all the sort of surrounding Wildcats stuff uh, up until. No, I stopped reading it right when it got good. Like when Alan Moore <laughs> showed up, I was just like, oh, I'm good. I'll move on to something else now. So, Alan Moore, Travis Shrey, eh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I probably read two of those. Uh, and then, I, I, yeah, maybe it was too smart for me, or maybe it was just like when I went to college or something. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it around the time where you just stopped reading most stuff? That could be it, yeah. I, I was basically like only reading Straight Bullets for a little bit there, like everybody that goes to college and gets broke. Uh, and so, yeah, so I just I dipped out. And then I haven't read this since then, probably, because I remembered almost none of it i didn't know what the premise was anymore i remembered nothing Whoa. i knew the characters but i mean so last night yeah like if you asked me yesterday just to just be like lay it out for me what's wildcats about i'll just be like i don't know grifters in there they got warblade <laughs> it's about grifter having guns <laughs> so i have a troubled history with the wildcats myself um you, you have famous, a, a background, a bit of a background Frost. with these characters. Uh, somewhat famously, I have a troubled history with this comic. Um, well, here's what happened. So, I got way into 90s, uh, like, image stuff like a couple years ago. Because you you're, Tony, like, when an I was old school like, at heart, right? I yeah. mean, like, so... It's it when you got all those comics, right, all. from Mike. Yeah, so, like, my buddy Mike had passed away, and... He, uh, before he passed away, like, a, like at least a couple years before that, he had, uh, my roommate, my current roommate now was just my friend, like back then store a bunch of it, of his comics cause he had moved and he had planned on selling his collection. Cause he was just like, ah, it's just too much to move. Can I just leave them at your place? You could sell them and then we'll just split the money. But it just, ne they never were able to sell it. So now we have like. A fuck ton of like long boxes and a lot of it has sold since then to like different people who would come by and like oh yeah i want to buy a collection they come by and they just take what they like and then leave and they ca it happened a couple times now and i was just like do you mind if i go back there and pick through that like you know i don't like my buddy mike had passed away and i talked to his family and you know we were just talking like they came over one day and i was like you mind if I just like take some stuff and like sure just take whatever you want like we don't care at this point like it's it's here now it's, you're doing you know? them a favor not really but I, I every once in a while I'll go back there and see what he had and it like I went back there and when when he was alive I would just ridicule him about I can't believe you like those 90s image comics oh it's so lame so corny because like the comics I liked at the time were like you know uh either like Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly kind of stuff exclusively or 
like, you know, fanographics-y kind of like indie hipster comics. It was like, I had a very narrow view of like what was acceptably cool. And then like just good art or whatever. And for some reason, I just was like, ah, this stuff's lame. And then a few years ago, uh, something happened. Mentally, I fractured. (laughs) But I, and I, I saw these books again and I'm just like, they're all amazing. Like every one of those early image books is like sick as fuck. And I got deep into Wildcats and uh, Cyberforce specifically. And the Cy- Cyberforce was cool because it looks amazing. But I, I do like Wildcats a lot. Um, and then I started working on my own 90s comic. It was called uh, Frontwards Ultra. And I was drawing it in the style of, like, these this 90s shit. And I had a, my buddy Frank, who knew my buddy Mike. It just felt kismet. I'm like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to just fucking make it happen. And then I got, like, a few pages into it. And then that's when Border Town fell apart. And I got super depressed. <laughs> and then DC was like, oh, do you want to draw Wildcats? And it was just like, oh, this seems heaven sent. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this seems like the God, like, God, like, I got struck by lightning. Like, God, I saw the, <laughs> the chorus of angels. They were like, oh. Come on, bro. You're it's 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 on now, and the writer of it was going to be Warren Ellis. So I'm hyped because I'm like, this is, this is my big moment. Yeah, this, this is, is going to be break. the the like. I thought this last book was my moment. Like I got interviewed by the Washington Post. All these people were like fucking putting me on their shoulders. Like I, you know, Mexican hero, fucking for the whole community, Lat- Latinx hero for the whole community. Everyone was like hyped. I was hyped, and then it's like it all crumbled down. But then they're like, oh, but you want to do this, you know, this book that you're going to love, like, you know, of this, of these characters you love with Warren Ellis. I'm like, hell yeah, that sounds amazing. Hey, you want to be the new Jim Lee? Like, would you be interested in just like being the Jim Lee now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I heard like Jim Lee personally was like, that guy's book got canceled. Why? Like put him on Wildcats. Maybe that'll work. You, You had the Jim Lee blessing there. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody, they'd been looking for someone to draw Wildcats, um, I guess the I don't know why they, they just didn't hadn't just have the found someone wild it, but yeah, they wanted somebody a little more wild or something. But yeah, they so they asked me if I wanted to try out, and I remember I talked to Tony. I'm like, bro, they want me to try out for Wildcats. And he's like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> like I had like a handful of like '90s comics dudes that I know that were just like, holy shit, that's cool. And I was like, well, you know, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm just gonna like really put my all into these two pages. Like, I don't think they're going to hire me to do it. That's crazy, because that's, like, that's going to be a huge book for them, I think. Like, but what can I lose, right? Like, I'm just doing whatever anyways. Like, let's just see what happens. So, I tried out, and they loved it. They're like, yeah, yeah, like, we really like it. Like, you know, you're hired. Like, can you do it in this time? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, the tone of your voice went up two octaves when you said, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but like it wasn't like I didn't have time. Like I don't want to give you know the listener the right. I had plenty of time, but in the middle of that, I'm just like trying to figure out like, am I good enough? It was like real. It was like a, the first time I really had imposter syndrome in comics was working on Wildcats because I'm thinking I think this is okay, and then I'm looking at like what the stuff that I like of Wildcats, and I'm like it's not even close to good enough. So I'm like laboring over things way more than I should have. And uh, I I basically just fucked the, I completely fucked the, the lead time for the book, like totally. 
And in that time, like Warren just felt like he doesn't like working on this. And that really wasn't it. But it's hard to explain that to somebody who, you know, well, Warren is... was busy. Was busy on his emails. <laughs> yeah, other uh, stuff going. On. I feel like because hitting yeah, well, up was... random random women from the from the forum. <laughs> you know, he's got his own thing going on. So we. No, but I remember that because, like, you said you had gotten an email from from Warren. Well, you had had that first email where you were like, "Yeah, I want to do this up all '90s." And and then he was just like, no, I hate all that shit. <laughs> yeah, that was when, that would say it's a red flag. I mean, like, because we worked through that. But I remember because I was like, Tony, check out these designs. I'm going to bring back the fucking 90s, bro. Like, this shit's coming back, but we're going to do it like 2020 or 2019, whatever fucking year it was. I'm like, we're going to make this shit pop. And I sent him the designs. Like, to- I showed you to the designs. Like, that's sick. Yeah. Then I showed Warren. He was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I was picturing him more just like a regular suit, and then he has a cell phone. Like, if we could just have, a yeah, regular, I was like, like what, what did what did he want then? What was like, what was? It, can you talk about what what the the mission statement for the for the new version would have been? Well, like, eventually, what I did was like a, a compromise, really. But you know, like, my idea of it was like, you look at the '90s stuff, you see. Like this crazy, like every, every chick is a supermodel in that book. Every guy is like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger in like the nineties. You know, they're like, they're like just Jack dudes that, and everybody is the height of fashion for that era. Even if it's like their own made up fashion that they made for these books. Like, like people like high fashion, people weren't really dressing like that. So I thought pop high fashion, I was sending them, you know, stuff from like runways from like 2019 and I sent it to him, but in Warren's head, it's like, yeah, but this is still like a Warren Ellis comic. So these people should be wearing combat boots, suits, you know, like, and, and I'm thinking like, okay, great. So like, when are we going to draw Maul, Spartan? I'm like, yeah. when is, when is Warblade coming? And he's like, none of that's in here. He's like, no, it, you're, you're just, you're just going to be doing like shite in a bucket. It was a continuation of, of Wildstorm, which, you know, people like, so I'm not even saying like, fuck that, you know, like. Just trying to be, like, trying to be level-headed about it. Like, like realistically, people were going to that book to read a Warren Ellis comic, not, you know, Ramon Villalobos's reinterpretation of the 90s. So, like, I don't think it was hard to please him. Like, he just wanted there to be more laces and, and gun stuff. Which, like, I hate gun stuff. <laughs> he was, like, very specific. Like, you, okay, like, all this stuff, fine. But you need to figure out exactly what guns they're going to use. And I was just like, why? Who gives a shit? Like, real world guns? I mean, look at Grifter. I'm looking at Grifter, and he's got all made-up guns. Why would you? Yeah. Like, if, in my in my ideal world, I would have drawn him, like, the Frank Quietly guns, where it's just, like, a box with a hole in it. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know that guy Nehi, or whatever, from Blame? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want like have you ever seen that book? Those those guns in that book is just like a rectangle. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wanted. I'm like, that's the shit. Right. But he was like, I let me see a real gun that looks like that, and then yes. <laughs> that fucking sucks. Uh, Brandon Choi on these original books and like on Deathblow specifically was like they said they did Deathblow basically just because he loved guns and like uh, like military stuff, and he just wanted a, yeah. a place to put all that knowledge. So, like, th- that's the most Wildstorm thing about that book is that he was just like, "It's got to be the specific guns." <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, you know, I had a chick who uh, it was Savant, 
and she was wearing like I mean I gave her the same kind of like bathing suit kind of thing that Voodoo and uh Zealot wear. I was just like that's what Wildstorm girls wear. They wear a bathing suit with like a jacket over it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like wrong. <laughs> tactical <laughs> like, has to be what tactical if, bathing he, suit. He was like, What if she got shot in the chest? I'm like, why would she get shot in the chest? <laughs> are you gonna write are you gonna write her getting shot in the chest? If not, don't worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, is that a is that a real world concern for the Wildcats? <laughs> I mean like Jim Lee never worried about her getting shot in the chest. He wanted to see that cleavage. Yeah. And I, I was right there with him. She was in the but, mix. You know, like she, the, she's just a, a dancer. And then all of a sudden she's just in battles. Uh, like, I don't see like a training <laughs> sequence in this whole absolute. She just is in battles all of a sudden. I love, I, yeah, well, I can't wait to get into this book, but I just want to like talk, like, let's, yeah, I just want to keep finishing off. up yeah, yeah, why yeah. the Wildcats experience was so like, just kind of bewildering to me. So, like, because in my head, I'm like, I want to pay tribute to this thing that we're about to talk about. This thing that I love so much. And he's like, you know, he's just come off of making, like, a TV show. Yeah, the kind Castlevania of stuff, which I... No, no, like, like Wildstorm, is, it's it's structured, like he said, like a, like a TV show with, like, seasons that have, you know, different plot lines that weave in and out, and you're rewarded for that. And it's, like, very... It's structured with like shots that are deliberately supposed to look like a TV show. And I think, you know, from what I read of it, you know, he achieved it. it was but you're like talking that, about you know? the script that you got? No, no, no. And then okay. like, so our thing was you see a nine panel grid because it's supposed to reference like the nine panel grid thing he had been doing and then it breaks and then you never see a grid again. And it's all supposed to be like the way I interpreted it was like, after that, we just go fucking wild on, on every page should be crazy you know, broken panels, things that would be like, like for me, at, when I, that was part of why it took me so long to draw it was I was like trying to push the storytelling that I do mm-hmm. to, to elevate it to like this 90s stuff, which I think is underrated as like, uh, like the widescreen storytelling of comics. And like, I don't want to like big myself up. I don't think I came as close as I would have liked to, but I also took uh, way, way too long to do it. And when it came, basically when it ended was, I, I finished the first issue and I'm like eight pages into the second of penciling it. And Warren says, hey, looks great. Like, uh, uh, but like, you know, uh, sorry, this didn't work out. Good luck on your next thing. And I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> he he dumps you before like, you even know anything. He just lets he as a response to the pages. He's like, yeah, no. Nope. Well, I was just like, hey, sorry it didn't work out. And I was like, I didn't know it didn't work out. So I'm like, don't even respond to that email. I just messaged my editor and the editor was like, you know, this is how long you took on this book. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, yeah, I know. That's how long I took on this book. I'm like, you know, is there anything we can do uh, to to make this work? And she's like, well, I'll, I'll try. And it's uh, the editor was Marie Javins, who's now like running DC. And like, credit to her. I think she did try, but, but things I think like, you know, just, you hear about what's going on at DC. And I think even if like, she really believed in the art, she was like, I really think this is, you know, some of your best work. And I, I really wish people could see this, but it, it, the train has kind of left the station. So, you know, so the book, the book kind of ended there. Like, it, like I, I had like, you know, 10 pages of the next issue, which is like kind of all I had of script of the next one. Maybe there were more written, but I don't know, like, because that's what I had. But 
the thing was supposed to be sort of like a freewheeling thing, which I, I kind of thought was cool. Cause that's what the, this, that's what Wildcats was. It wasn't like st- strict plot lines with payoff, you know, it just kind of like, let's just throw shit at the wall, see what happens, which, you know, was what he was doing. And I think even if I could have made it work, like I thought, Oh, worst case scenario, we're going to fill in for, uh, like the third issue. What's more wild? What's more image comics than that? Yeah. Get Brett Booth. <laughs> you know, just do that shit. Get Brett Booth. Yeah. Like I was like, well, you know, what's the difference? But they were like, oh, the difference is you, uh, the you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is you don't own this comic, and so you yeah, can't do that. Yeah, you're not Jim Lee. <laughs> so, oh right, right, that's where I fucked up. <laughs> well, so like. The, the, the craziest part about that was like, so they told me, here's what you say. Say you fucked up. The book still might happen, but don't get, say one way or the other. Be respectful publicly. And I said, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. <laughs> so I said, basically whatever they said me to do. Like I just said the company line on it. And as far as I knew, like they could say, Okay, Ramon, because they said we'll put you on like eight page stories. And if you do those on time, maybe we'll re- relaunch the book. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're you just know, we'll like see what tweeting happens. the press release. Yeah, basically. So I do that. And then after that, Warren Ellis, every couple months, uh, would just put out a thing like an update on Wildcats. Fuck that artist. <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd he'd be like, like real petty on, the, on that shit. Yeah, like in his emails or like in tweets, people would ask him about what's going on with Wildcats. And he would just be like, well, the artist hated me. So what can I do about that? And, you know, so then everybody would like, everybody would tweet at me, come to me at cons, be like, why do you hate Warren Ellis? And I'm like, I don't hate Warren Ellis. Well, now I, now I kind of do. This was at a time when nobody pretty... hated him. Like people were just like, what a, this what was... a treat. He was like the internet's dad. Everybody loved him. People love it's like that the internet, right the Bill Cosby of the internet, just beloved. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, yeah, everybody wanted to get Jello pudding with Warren Ellis. Yeah. Then it came out that he was like an abuser and all this shit. And then I felt like I kind of dodged a bullet. <laughs> then he became the modern Bill Cosby of the internet. Right. Then I felt like uh, I felt like a Wildcats character that I would draw because I wouldn't need any armor. I dodged that bullet; it went right by me. I feel so. like you got hit by the same bullet two times. Yeah, I, I almost did because I didn't do this book. So like, if it would it would have been, in my opinion, I feel like we've talked about this a couple times. In my opinion, it's so much worse to have the book out twice with, you know yeah. what I mean? Like to have the book canceled twice is worse than I got fired unrelated. Then I then I had to make a choice to walk off of Wildcats. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think you've been walking. Like I'd the rather get path, fired though. from Wildcats than than have to walk away from a book that was a dream book you know what i mean yeah so that's my history with wildcats but just to say i didn't grow up reading it i didn't think it like i didn't care about it i never even really cared about grifter at all i thought yeah i guess he's cool you know like who, who gives a shit then i read it and i was like this is amazing <laughs> not yesterday i mean like right. before i started wildcats yeah. before i started the book i want to do frontwards ultra you had you had adult onset 90s appreciation yeah, and then after that, I pitched a book that I wanted to do that was like, okay, well, what if I got to do fucking Wildcats then? Then I pitched it, and it was like almost going to happen. Where I like literally my pitch pages were just I just sent them Wildcats. 
<laughs> you just put mustaches on top of all the drawings. Yeah, imagine this, but I drew it. Like about, but I wrote it. I think it was with like Oni, and Oni was like super down, and then they were just like, "Eh, pull the plug." Like coronavirus hit, we can't take that chance. So you know, shout out to Oni. Now I'm at Bad Idea. So what are you gonna do? I love Bad Idea. I'm gonna be there forever, as you know. So they're gonna be around forever, <clears throat> and you're gonna be there rocking it till the until the wheels fall off. I feel like. As long as there are ideas that are bad, I will be having them. I will be creating them. It's a mission statement for, for real. Everybody knows everybody knows that the bad idea fit was the fit that I belonged to. I think when uh Tony again, like we chat all the time, when you heard about the shenanigans I was getting up to with them, you're like, That's a company made for you. Yeah, they really they understand your whole thing. Yeah. So like when I created like a, a semi PR relation nightmare for them and they were just like, we love it. It's like, wow, why? Feeding into uh, Ramon's uh, worst instincts. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the, the uh, you know, we're going to have on the editor, the, the editor in chief on the show coming up soon. So, you know, look forward to it. Bad ideas happening. <laughs> but Image Comics. Image Comics. Wildcats. Number one. In case, for anybody out there, like, I feel like if you're listening to this show, you have to know about the Image Comics revolution. We've talked a little bit about it, but basically all the people that were just popping at Marvel in the 90s decided, why are we popping and giving all these motherfuckers money? We should be making money for ourselves. So then uh, they did. They were just like, <laughs> you know, let's uh, let's just team up and make our own books and... Uh, Jim Lee, he has a forward in the in this in the first issue where he just talks about he had this book idea called Wild Boys with his buddy from like his from when he was a kid, Brandon Choi, who writes this book with him. And when it was time to do their own thing, they're just like, "Fuck it, let's do the Wild Boys." But they called they changed it to the Wild Cats. And boys uh, didn't for have some reason. I think Wild Boys would have been a hot name. Boys didn't have periods in between the letters either. It wasn't like yeah. A, yeah, Wild I bet they tried. <laughs> I bet they're like, "Can we get come an acronym for boys?" And they just no, unfortunately. They they needed covert to be in there, and that, that's a, the only thing that fucked them up. So yeah, Wildcats is basically about um, covert action teams. That's what the cat stands for. And there are two warring alien races fighting a war on earth and just everybody is getting in the mix of it and, but and they we could start the first issue out by the on the first page what's that the, the alien races are also angels and demons so there's like well the cherubim are like cherubic like cherub yeah. cherubs and then the daemonites are like demons i had as a as a teenager i had no idea that was going on i don't feel like that's really in the text <laughs> either they just look like it's aliens really to me text. But that... So that's one of my that's one of my things that I find funny about this is like in when you read the book it's like well we hate the Daemonites and I'm reading it and I'm like why they're basically doing the same thing they're just ugly right <laughs> <laughs> they just look kind of ugly but they don't really explain why and I read all four of them last night we we're only going to talk about the first one uh like in depth but I read the all four and it's like yeah I mean I guess they're kind of bad but they're not really doing anything indifferent to what the the uh Caribbeans are or whatever the, the, <laughs> the Caribbeans. Caribbeans. The number the like, Caribbeans. I read one and two because number one is all questions. Like it's just like who's this? Yeah. What's that? What's happening? What's any of this? And then number two is just like all the answers to those questions. Like I feel like <laughs> maybe it should have been a giant size 
uh, first issue, but also I guess keep them wanting more because I I had to keep reading. There was only there, this is like a four issue mini series. I mean, eventually like they just kept adding to it, but it was supposed to be three issues. Did you know that? No. It was supposed to be three issues, and the third one was supposed to be double sized. Um, but Jim Lee was running behind on deadlines. Mm. Classic Wildcats. <laughs> Classic different, Wildcats. It's different when it's your own book. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's different when you're your own fucking company. Yeah. <laughs> but he had he his, he had just uh, had a kid, and he was like, ah, but like everybody warned me. Like Todd, he he goes in on Todd McFarlane, like that slob Todd McFarlane said he took a month off when he had, when his daughter was born, and I was like, whatever, it couldn't be me. Then he's like, then it was me. <laughs> so I think like the second issue was like a little late and he like kind of jokes about it. The third one is like, okay, fine. Yeah, I was late. Whatever. Uh, like I had a kid. Fuck you. And then the fourth one, he doesn't even acknowledge. He's like, hey, I just want to say sorry that wet works is late. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next one. Yeah. He's like, he apologized for uh, Walsh Portacio being late for wet works, which I thought was just so sick. He was just like. All right, listen, we all know what's going on here. I'm sorry. But I just, I love his energy so much. And, like, I read all the little, uh, I read the forwards for all of them. Because I have it all in issues. Like I said, my boy Mike blessed me. He was, you know, he was, he's, this dude uh, passed away and has continued to bless me ever since. But he, uh, he had all the first printings of everything. So I have this in, like, three different formats, this fucking comic. I have it in the, the, the regular one that came out. I have the compendium version that came out with the the zero issue, which I flipped through, and then I then when I got the DC job when I got Wildcats, I was talking to Ben Abernathy, the one of the editors there, who's like the man. I've known him forever, and he sent me the absolute Wildcats. Absolutely sick. That, that yeah. thing, they recolored it. It looks beautiful. Um, I was bitching about the recolor like last week on the internet, just because generally I don't like recolors. And then one of the colorists popped up to be like, we did it almost exactly the same. Like the, cause Ben Abernathy was the editor on the absolute. And the mandate was like, match the Joe Chiodo colors as close as possible. So they but, do, they do a pretty good job. It's just finely rendered, yeah. but you know what though? Like the colors are different from the first printing and the, uh, the compendium version though. Right. So yeah. like it's been recolored three times, <laughs> which <laughs> I hope they if I keep doing that our whole life. I did a tweet where I'm like, I love these recolors, and I, if I would have known that it was recolored, because I so like there's another thing that we'll get into later, but the, I I had to look at the original copy, so I pulled out the the regular like the floppy. I'm like, oh shit, this is these colors are different too. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I've got the absolute. I read that. I read it two times. Um, I read it in the absolute, and then I have this thing called the wildstorm archives which is like an essential uh, i'm so jealous of that and so it's just the scott williams inks uh and it's super crisp and, and neat looking and so i read it in black and white once too just to to really soak it all in so listeners that's the thing about tony is tony has the sickest comic collection especially for this kind of thing that of anybody that i know yeah i'm like a, <laughs> i'm like a dog with a bone when i hear about some like there's like a weirdo French version of Monkey Man and O'Brien that's just the inks. I'm like, like I gotta dig that up. I gotta really get a hold of one of those. Uh, Daniel, this dude's got like leather bound versions of like all the original, like like of the all, all the the uh, Joe Mad stuff, right? You just have his entire. Yeah, I took everything that he did for Marvel and you just bounded it, it yourself. Well, I hired something. You know, like I sent it to a bindery. 
and so I just have like this hardcover that's just all of Joe Mad's work at Marvel for like seven years. It's incredible. like a tome. Yeah, right. It is like a tome. You you got a couple of those, right? Yeah, I did. Th- I mean, yeah, I got a bunch of those. I put together all of uh, like Rob Liefeld's Supre- the Alan Moore Supreme because that was never yeah. collected like in total. So I got one of those. Yeah, I got a so bunch one of, those. of a kind. Like this is this is like a Library of Alexandria type situation that you exactly. created. <laughs> and the yeah, worst, dude. the worst is when I, I'll do it. I'll be like, "There's no collection of this. I should put this together." And then like, like I did that for DC Who's Who, which is like their official handbook, you know. And then just like last month, they solicited. They're putting out like an actual hardcover of it. I'm like, "You motherfuckers! It took me forever to do that." <laughs> and, and now you could just buy it at a store. I came into the game late and but even like I had so many things like that happen to me where like I was obsessed with weird war tales creature commandos comics and I was buying them all up every time I would go to a con or like a, a shop I would look in the back issues for weird war tales and they solicit they came out with like the weird war tales collection of all the creature commando stuff yeah. and I was like why <laughs> I mean like who other than me gives a fuck but like you know I bought it but I'm like they're, this is so weird. They're probably hearing from retailers that people were buying them up at conventions and there's something they're interested in. <laughs> what are people wanting right now? Uh, Creature Commandos for sure. <laughs> That's one of our hottest sellers. Maybe somebody's just following you uh, like from the spectator market. It was for uh, the all the I, I was buying all the like uh, Frank quietly had did like little things in like Vertigo here and there and like, you know, little eight page stories. And I was buying every single one of those. I had all of them. Or I have all of them. And then they put out the graphic art thing where it's just they collected all of it. Right. And I was like, oh my god, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Very annoying, though. <laughs> yeah, very annoying when you spend all the time searching it. Yeah. And then they're just like, for all the dilettantes out there to flip through casually, yeah. here you go. That's the thing that that's the thing that annoys me most of everything uh, when I was looking up stuff about this book. Is that the internet is just full of dilettantes, bro. Yeah. And that annoys me more than anything. I also, like... It, it's semi what led this podcast cut like to to existing is i read like a really shitty review of spawn like somebody was doing a like let me talk about spawn number one i'm like i want to know about spawn number one what's the take and it was just like all about todd mcfarland the guy not about the comics not about the story not about the art just about his like business acumen and i was just like what a waste of time what an absolute waste of of my of my energy reading this shit. There's like only a handful of really good, like people that still write about comics, but the blog, the blogger scene is just dead these days. We talked about it on this before. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that sounds very, there's nowhere like, that you could dick. actually talk about like comics anymore. Yeah. Except for this show. Like literally just this show talks about basically like comics. the premier location for people to come and talk about comics. I think. And to actually talk about the drawings in them. Not about, I don't. I don't care about sales numbers, Tony. You know that because every time you guys talk about sales numbers, I just fucking <laughs> fall asleep. Yeah, just <laughs> we, me and Tony, have a group chat, like a like a a virtual studio thing, and anytime they talk about sales numbers or money, marketing, or Bitcoin, it's just like, oh, Ramon's gone. If Ramon hears numbers, he just starts he starts to zone right out. No, but I can I can sympathize that that stuff is a uh, foreign language. It's alien talk <laughs> to me. I... When I when the numbers start mattering for me personally, maybe I'll care. But right now, it's just like who gives a shit. How does like, that reflect I don't know in how my much pocket? Sold. 
when it, when I when I started doing books and people were like, oh, that did like you know whatever num like you know however many copies. I'm like, is that a lot? Yeah. I don't know. Like I jet when they told me like the numbers for like Nighthawk and it was canceled. I was like, is that like not a lot? Is that I don't understand. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like they could you could tell me right now like the the number that you you have the pre-orders they were telling me I'm like oh that's cool I don't I mean is it though I, don't, I genuinely don't know I don't know either I don't know what to compare it to all I hear about is the things that sell incredibly so I don't know yeah. like what middle numbers are so I I have nothing to compare it. I'm just like so it's not Star Wars number one is what you're saying <laughs> so this book opens up in Antarctica. Antarctica, in the past, uh, in the past, in, starts in the yes. past. Yes, the past of 1980 truly is the past for this book because it's about to go. the the time The time stuff is so funny. It's so like uh, it's funny that they were in the business for so long because that's such a convention that I see with like new books yeah. where they'll be like three minutes from now, and it's like you didn't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really hate that that kind of captioning. Anytime a book is captioned now. I'm like, what, 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 yeah, what time is now? Like, what is that? <laughs> How soon is now? So it opens up in Antarctica, and there's two, what are these guys? Researchers. They're just like researchers, and they're investigating a crater from what they believe to be um, a meteor. But one of the guys is like, you idiot. It's not a meteor. It is a fallout from a Soviet space station. Yeah. And they're looking at it, and a little orb, a chrome orb comes up and turns into a just a hot-ass babe. Yeah, the chrome the the chrome orb transforms into like a silver woman. I don't know if it turns into her or not, because then just panels later she needs the orb herself. So like, is yeah, she the orb or is she chasing the orb? It's a little unclear. A little but <laughs> the pacing of the first like four things are supposed to be like, what is happening? And I think it's intentional, right? That they're supposed to be like, we're just throwing you in the mix. You know, you know. Then we go is into that the future. The, is that wait? Um... With that first page, is that why then the the panel layouts are crazy? Like they're they're trying to keep you on your toes. I think it's intentionally disorienting because well, cause they the, do that these... that broken mm-hmm. panel like shard thing later with that void lady, and it's a similar shapes. So I wonder if yeah. that's like any sort of void type stuff, like because she jumps around in time. Yeah, she. The thing is, yeah. she is unstuck in time, like Billy Pilgrim. You know, and <laughs> one of my favorite things about this book is like. They really figured out a formula or like not really a formula as much as like they know like a bunch of cool things from like different comics. Like there's a little bit of Watchmen, a little bit of Sin City. There's a little bit of all these things that are like, you know, elite comics. And Jim Lee was like, just do all of them. Yeah. <laughs> just, just put them all <laughs> like, in. I don't make like, you know, he just told Brandon Choi, like, make it make sense. Like fucking this, this is why we're working on this together, bro. You're the right. You're the co-writer. Let's make this happen. Yeah. So we cut to the future. We're we're in the future now. 1992. Yeah. 1992 is the future. 1992, by the way, when this book came out. Right. When this book came out is the future. This is August 9th, though. That's important to note because mm-hmm. we're in the, August 9th, 1992. Yeah, I don't know the exact year this book dropped, but it's. I mean, it came out in the year 1992. Yes. And there's two guys who are like sort of like uh, CIA type dudes. Not Fury. I'm calling this guy Not Fury. Right. Because <laughs> he doesn't have the eye patch. Because he doesn't have the eye patch, but he's basically, it looks like, I'm since I'm not uh, uh, an expert on Wildcats, he looks at the role. Like, I see this guy and he's talking. He's got a freaky eye and he's getting a briefing. He's Not Fury. Very astute. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah and this dude's, he's this getting dude's his briefing. the head of World Crisis. 
this dude's the head of international operations, the IO, they call him. It's like above the CIA, C3, which is the crisis control center. So he's just a guy who deals with like when shit just goes off and there it's shit is going off. There's been a massive explosion in McLean, Virginia. This is one of those things where like, I didn't bother to Google this place. I'm like, sure. Certainly it exists, right? Well, no, the explosion was in Georgetown. The the base that they're in is in McLean, Virginia. Oh, my bad. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. There's oh, a so lot my, of places yeah. and yeah, no, people I, I in that right. Sort of says, right. The Georgetown explosion is actually the first thing they say, and I just wrote down it wrong in my notes. <laughs> but then the babe shows up. The silver babe shows up, and they're they're just like, wait, what was that? And then by the time they react to it, she's gone again. She just blinks yeah, out. She blinks out. Uh, before they could shoot her, they were like, "Shoot her!" <laughs> like as soon yeah. as a, a yeah. random uh, woman appears, they're like, "Fire!" And also, <laughs> well, right, look if if a woman if a woman in if a hot pink light pops up and a woman shows up in just all chrome bodysuit, I'm like, "Killer!" <laughs> it's like being witness me. to a demon. Yeah, if, mean, if a babe Doctor Manhattan comes up and I can't even see her genitals like the actual Doctor Manhattan, I want her dead. Yeah. The Arctic people it, thought she might have been an angel. These guys knew better. They were just like, shoot her. This is no good. It's interesting that Jim Lee like picked like these very uh very vertical lines for her effect. I don't like the vertical lines kind of become like a signal that she's about to pop up like in the bottom of this corner yeah. panel. And then because it's shards and stuff, the order in which you read everything's kind of funky. But yeah, the, those those vertical lines don't really represent anything to me. They're, they're... Yeah, one of my one of my favorite things in this is uh, they talk about the explosion. Like, oh, no one survived. We're just gonna blame it on Libya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now we're just blaming Libya. Very CIA move. Very like, especially at the time, you know, like ah, just tell people Gaddafi. Nobody likes him, right? Yeah, I believed it. I I know what happened, and I thought probably it was Gaddafi. So at the time, though, the average image comics reader. No idea. Uh, do they know who where Libya is? I no, I certainly didn't. I was I was thirteen years old. Do you know now? I mean, could I point to it on a map? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's a country that is next to you? Do you know a country that's next to Libya? Yeah. No, I couldn't get you even anywhere close. <laughs> Wait, Daniel, can you? Uh, Libya is like in Africa, right? Yeah, it's right next to Egypt. It's right next to Egypt. See, thanks. thanks I mean, a lot of people help, are saying but... that it's right next to Egypt. <laughs> yeah they say that nobody survived the explosion except a dwarf a- right and they're about to say his name and that's when the babe pops up and then we cut to the future and or no sorry we cut to the present two years before that <laughs> august 8th which is the present yeah uh that's the present and we see a, a little homeless dwarf laying on the ground a whole a whole ass guy. page of this guy's head what a page beautiful shot though yes yeah yeah. A strange use of real estate, for sure, though. Like, everything that's in this <laughs> book, all the panels that they're cramming in every other which way, and then he's just like, I want to do a full page of just a homeless dwarf just sleeping with flies crawling on him. Can I be real, though? I feel like this is kind of Jim Lee, again, underrated storytelling. Like, we talked about his indulgences or whatever, but people talk about his indulgences in a way like it's a dumb guy. I don't think that. I feel like this is the, like, in this thing, like, he wanted to do a really tight close-up, and then zoom out really, really. Yeah, this is far. like his Watchmen. It is like Watchmen for sure. He's doing Kubrick, bro. He's doing uh, Stan. He's doing Stanley. You know, fuck, fuck, 
fuck Watchmen. He's doing something different. He's on a he's on a different hype. I mean, it's it's also it's, it's also closer to Born Again. By the way, should have started like on the eye of of a fly on the eye of the fly, and then pull back a little bit, and you see like it's on some skin. And then yeah, it's also much closer to, the, to Daredevil Born Again. It would have been cool if he started on the fly. The actually. text goes up the side of the page, though, which makes it look exactly like a Watchmen cover. And then you yeah. flip to the next page and it's like you're moving to the very next panel. And the text says Resurrection Day. Is that the title of this book? That's the title uh, of this issue. And when we get to the end of the issue, you'll hear the hilarious title that they were going to use for the second issue. Which is not anywhere near as cool as <laughs> Resurrection Day. <laughs> um, one thing I want to note about uh, this this dwarf, this homeless dwarf that we meet, is he. It says he lived through three decades wandering across America, lost and homeless. And it says the Great Society failed him in the '60s, the Me Generation ignored him in the '70s, and the Reaganomic yuppies persecuted him in the '80s. And I don't know if that meant like he was a ho- like was it because he was ho- a homeless dwarf, or so he's like around fifty, right? Right. So he'd be like fifty, and I feel like that is sort of the old like the the representation of him is sort of the ultimate like sort of boomer now. You know, like you know Jim Lee was like Gen X, so I think it couldn't be boomer. It would have to be the generation right before that, like the greatest generation right. or whatever. But like the idea that there's a guy who could only be failed by society that. Like, it, there's no real accountability for, like, what, you know, like, what he could have done to, like, uh, make a better living. This, this he's lived through. Fault. He's lived through history. He's only been dissatisfied uh, because greatness was never really foisted upon him, right? Like, he does, He it doesn't really say what he did to, like, deserve any kind of, any of the, the greatness that he's been searching for. Ramon, if you've, if you've read further... If you know more about Wildcats, do, do they ever tell the the reader where he was before all this? They, I know about in him. this issue they hint to that he's been around. In this one or the second one, they hint that he's been around and he was like great years before these, like before the sixties. Right. And so but he it, lost money. Yeah, somehow. he's having like a conversation with Void about it, but there isn't any like uh, flashback issue where you see him. Before he's just this fucked up. Uh, he's just in like person. in Vegas putting it all on red. <laughs> so he's living in trash. You know what? Oh, by the way, you know why I think this is more of an allusion to uh, Daredevil Born Again? Why? Uh, some of the trash next to him says uh, Mazzuccelli Candies and Miller oh, Beer. Yeah, for sure. Mm. <laughs> That's me putting on my detective hat and <laughs> saying, I wonder who he's if he's homaging. There's also a shot from referencing here. There's a whole case of X Men number one as well. Yeah, I I thought I thought this might have been a a (laughs) reference to Jim Lee's uh, negative experiences with Taco Bell. (laughs) Could have been that. Could have also been that. Like, I'm just saying he's not sleeping on. Yeah, he's not sleeping on fucking Moore and Gibbons candies. Sure, that's true. I just want to point that out before. You know. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and he's Taco sleeping, Bell. and also Taco he's, Bell. He's 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 in his feelings. He's listening to Drake, and then two two super '90s goons just come up on him and just like, "Is that a bum? Let's kill that motherfucker!" <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing this for funsies, like how Jim Lee imagines like the streets is just like uh, like Final Fight 
characters <laughs> walking around all the time looking for there's like a babe with a chain who's about to whip him for no reason basically like, i'm sleeping yeah he's just there sleeping it's already a mess like these bums walk right past like a uh, a bombed out car and they're just like oh hold on a second is there a bum way down that alley like all the way over there <laughs> sleeping can't have that fuck that bum dude yeah so they go at him, knives out. It's like, yeah. we're going to kill you, you little fucking bum. I like the bit of and commentary they... from the other guy who's, he's homeless, Tony. That's the politically correct term. That's a <laughs> nice indictment of political correctness. He said politely well, correct. I... He didn't even get it right. That's how dumb this guy no, is. No, politely correct, right. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, politically correct as a term, like, barely existed by this point in the 90s. It was just like, starting to pop that... off. Yeah, that was like Rush Limbaugh and uh, Newt Gingrich. Did, did so Bill kinda, Mayer have a show were, yet? No, the show was not around yet. Like politically incorrect. That that yeah, also but, came right around that same time, though. Like the like out of that same shit. I I do think it's interesting though that these books I think are like much more political than like yeah. most comics. Like this one specifically, I mean, than most comics that come out now that are like superhero books. Like you know, especially. Like, you know, I know Image doesn't put out a lot of new political books, but, like, I don't, I can't imagine, like, Radiant Black is going to have any, like, insight into anything. Well, Brandon Choi, uh, it's funny because, like, you don't want to give Brandon Choi a lot of credit because he, because Jim Lee's so dope and this guy was just his buddy that got to write this book. But he, right, but he was a lawyer. Yeah, he was a lawyer. And, and one of these things, I read the intro in the yeah. Absolute that he wrote, and it, he said that he went to school for... Uh, he had like a double major and it was like law and politics was the other Yeah, it's in the foreword right. of this issue as well. Right. So yeah, he's I'm, he's bringing all that shit to this. He's really making it like a, a book He's the one who for... knows where Libya is. Out of <laughs> exactly. <the scene. laughs> no, but Jim Lee also went to school with that dude, right? I mean, he was in like Harvard. He's a smart Yeah, Jim Lee says he's he just decided not to be a doctor, which is like an incredible like <laughs> low-key flex on yeah. everyone. That's why he fired me. He's like, bro, you got nothing going on. So I could have been a doctor. You you are dog shit. <laughs> this is my second choice, being the greatest artist ever to draw comics. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are ruining my legacy? <laughs> I like also that these guys thought that they were going to rob this homeless guy. They're like, they're, let's roll him. They're just like, for what? Like, what does this guy have? He's got he wears like, shoes bandage, like the Max. Banded shoes. Yeah. <laughs> the Max. <laughs> In one of these issues, he promos the Mac. Shout out to Sam Key, Stockton Zone. That's right. Hometown. Hometown hero. Not a hometown villain like Dan Slott. No. That bum. <laughs> or his dad. Speaking of, speaking of tiny bums. Speaking of <laughs> tiny bums. <laughs> speaking of tiny bums who are being assaulted by goons. <laughs> yeah, honestly, in this first scene, I didn't know he was a dwarf or a little person. Like, whatever word we're going to use. That's the illest thing that uh, Jim Lee does is he just draws him like the handsomest fucking, it, you know, it's incredible little little person of all time. Yeah. That, the motherfucker is handsome. He looks like Superman with short limbs. That's how you know he's a legendary hero because he's very ha- he's like superhero handsome, mm-hmm. but he's al- yeah. also this famous dwarf. So the so the dwarf's about to be just gutted by these goons. Yeah, they got the jump on him. He uses what's that? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I was following what you were saying. Like he he. He gets jumped. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, Daniel. <laughs> Astute as always. <laughs> I want to repeat everything you say, like the goons in the comments. <laughs> That's... You tell him, Ramon. 
<laughs> so what what they do after Ramon? What they do after? <laughs> he blasts him with like some sort of power blast, like some energy, just like blast this motherfucker, and uh, he's like, "What's happening?" And he gets surrounded by pink goo. So we know. Which is, by the way, funny because they just acknowledge that every time she shows up, there's these like vertical white lines that you, uh, pink lines that you talked about, and they abandon it for goo. Which, listen, I love goo. I want to draw that shit all the time. In fact, when I drew Void, I drew that all the time. But <laughs> they didn't do it. They got feedback early on on the vertical lines. They're like, "This isn't, this isn't working." It's not as cool of a visual for the close-up. Listen, no. in the original, in the Chiodo colors, it's like a gray goo. So like his goo, oh that's worse. his blast and his goo is gray, and her blast and goo is pink. Yeah, the 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 gray blast with the sound effect here is like quark. It's such a strange, quark. yeah, sound effect to use. But I just want to point out that my guy Alex and Claire did like light in there. It looks sick. But, <laughs> oh, but we hate Alex and Claire. Oh, okay. I I, I mean, uh, he take him or leave him. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people are saying. <laughs> a lot of people are saying, take him or leave him. So, so at uh, least the, the powers are distinguished, but not not a no, like. And here's a pet peeve: like, I'm really mad that glowing Void's hand is casting a shadow, like in the background of that shot with the <laughs> goon crotch. Is it? Uh, like Void glowing is hand? casting a shadow on that wall in a way that makes no sense if she's glowing. In my version, there is no, she, like, her hand isn't making, her hand is making a shadow, but the bla- the blast isn't. On the, on the one where... Yeah, she's just, doing her, he's just doing her effect, which is knocking in him com- back, but since she's glowing, the, com- the hand's glowing, it's just strange to see that shadow cast. Sure, 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 sure. Anyways, what, anyways... This this pet ant. <laughs> Tony I guess, Tony's like flipping multiple this books. This pet ant more <laughs> knows more about light than Jim Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they did not fix it for the absolute. It's still there. Void lives outside of time and space, so I'm sure yeah. she lives out of light sources too. She yeah, she gets an exception. Yeah. So yeah, they're beating this dude's ass, and then Void comes out and is like, "Hey, dude, <laughs> come with me." <laughs> Beautiful, like not I. Almost full body shot, like from the knee up. I, I, I think it's impossible to do a full body shot with how long Jim Lee draws women. He's doing them so long, for the long page. in this book. Like they are like, uh, like Rob Liefeld long. But they're babes, though. So we absolute, we, absolute babes. You know, the foot's a little wild in the panel before that, but the the shot where she shows up. The shot he shows up was like, oh, I learned how to draw like a chrome. Like, I really got my chrome on with like Colossus. Mm-hmm. Get ready, bitch. <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. You thought Colossus was hot as a chrome, as a chrome babe? I got a, I got even a hotter chrome babe for you. Um, so she shows up and is like, all right, come with me. Like, we're going to get you, we're going to get you fixed up because you're a great man. Like, I know you've been waiting, everybody, every, you know, you've been waiting for greatness to be thrust upon you. Guess what? It's your moment is now and he's, and she doesn't really tell him what or why, but she says like, your life will never be the same. And then we cut to the next page and nope. He's two years later or sorry, two years later, no longer the future. Now just today. Two years later is today. We went from the present. We went from the past to the future, to the present, to today. Mm -hmm. And this is the page where I'm like, what? He's a dwarf. He's short. 
This is the moment I realize that this person is not normal height. But we see we see our hero Jacob Marlowe uh, once again disheveled, laying in an alleyway next to other bums. He gets up, he gets hit by a taxi, kind of keeps it pushing, and then he's got nice uh, shoes on now. Yeah, he does have nice shoes on. He's the Bugs Bunny meme where he's like, "Lord help me, I'm back on my bullshit." He's just holding. (laughs) He's just back in the alley. Oh, it's just that the the taxi driver that hit him is is cursing him in like an ancient tongue. I like this is that's not a language. That's not a real language. It's Middle Eastern. It might be. I know. I know enough about. I know enough about Mister Middle Eastern people to know that's probably that. (laughs) Do you recognize any of these characters? No, but I don't speak Middle Eastern. Mm. I recognize Lord Emp, of course, the the most famous character. Ah, yes. No, he. I think he meant the characters in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a note that says uh, that if you want to see more about Lord Emp's Wild Knight, you could check out Cyberforce number one. Is that in your reprint, Ramon? Cyberforce. Oh, uh, yeah, it's in every it's version to tell you to soon. read Cyberforce yeah. number one. So I went and looked because I was just like, I don't remember this. And literally, that like a velocity just runs through an alley where he's sleep like this alley he's sleeping in, and oh, then. No. He wakes up and he's like, "Huh?" And then that's it. Like, so wait, which number one? <laughs> literally, is that from, all we though? get is that the original. from the uh, the original, not the yeah first Cyberforce number one. Sorry, I have it. I have it. I have all of them here, but I don't want. It's an interesting note. It's an interesting note to put into the the comic. To I, I want to get. I think Jim Lee's the most boostery of all the image yeah. founders in this book. Because if you read these four issues, you basically see everybody but Spawn. Yeah, and and even then he'll shout out he'll shout out McFarlane in like the preview things. Yeah, and in, in this issue he use... mentions the the Young Bloods. Yeah, a couple of times, and they use the TV anchors from Spawn too. Yeah, and I don't think any of the other guys cared enough about the other dudes, but I think Jim Lee Team is the most like sort of brand conscious, like the smartest of like if we're gonna do this, everything should be interconnected and like should like kind of work as a as a unit. And I think some of the other guys were more ego driven, and I think. Yeah. You know, like you could see even in this point, like Jim Lee is the most sort of like if you're going to pick one of them to run uh, DC Comics. Yeah, probably the one with that in mind. Yes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense in hindsight. Like I listen to that Rob Liefeld podcast and he talks a lot about the competition and like they would get numbers in and talk about like who was doing the best shit and stuff. And I feel like if it's a bunch of guys being competitive, like if you're the Jim Lee, like I feel like Jim Lee knows how good he is, you know, like. I feel right. like he has a pretty good he idea, so he could be competitive. Yeah, he could be competitive, but he could still just be like, yeah, I'll throw you guys shit in here. Who cares? Like, I'm the shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> look what I'm doing. Look how handsome this dwarf is. Who cares? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I love I love his, like, because, uh, like, he really does go wild on, like, flourishes of storytelling. And, like, he does the, like, uh, him going up the elevator by showing, like, the elevator numbers. Him, you know, going up to the PH floor, whatever that means. Uh, it means phosphorus. Penthouse. Penthouse, not the phosphorus, but uh, it's a it's a hundred and eleven stories up. This man is literally on top of the world now. Mm-hmm. We, he, they they fooled us. They tricked us. They are like, you think this is still a bum? Wrong. He's a billion. Two point five billion dollars. This guy has. He's so rich he can finally treat employees bad. <laughs> right. That's what also made me laugh. Is like, I thought he was gonna be like, oh well, he's a bum. So yeah, like, it was gonna be like a derelict perspective. Uh, that like, that's what I thought as well. 
Wrong. Nope. He's a zillionaire CEO. Back in these days, though, the coolest shit you could be was like a greedy asshole. Like, on some level. Yeah, you had to have a cigar. <laughs> yeah. You had to kick your feet up. That's You, you had to have uh, some, some lady you called doll. <laughs> I mean, it's still kind of the tightest shit you can do. Yeah, no, and he's living his best <laughs> life. This, like, uh, little man is... Um, Again, I'm I'm still like trying to figure out what the correct terminology is to refer to him. Just call him a just call him a Lord Amp. Lord Amp. Let's call him Lord Amp. So Lord Amp is is he's basically built like short Superman, and it's stunning. It is incredible to, to see him own a room from his like stout height. He's built like Hank Hill's dad, Cotton. Like he's. <laughs> Perfectly regular proportion man, but no shins. They took <laughs> yeah. him. They took him. The, he's like Dorf on golf. <laughs> yeah. Like you guys remember Dorf on golf? Tim Conway would just like kneel down in those shoes. He's like that. He has a totally normal upper body and then just like one quarter size legs. And and This man could tie his shoes standing up. It, it, it's also yeah, really, sure. really great because he's constantly juxtaposing this character with the longest women ever. everyone's a fucking babe in this comic like there is no non-babe man and woman even even the bald elevator guy seems to seems to be kind of like rocking it yeah he's well put together for a bald guy he's saying like well i got all this great shit going on but i really don't know like why and she's like yeah you don't need to know why just (laughs) 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 just keep just like you know we're fighting a war what else do you need to know? And he's like, yeah, but against who? Against and what? She's like, she's you're Lord like, Amp. That's that's it. Yeah. You're Lord Amp. Chill. And then, as a reader, uh, I'm it, like, as a reader, I'm like, I don't know why either. Like, if they need this guy to be in charge of Wildcats, or, you know, they don't call themselves that, but if they if he's got to be in charge of this team of the Chosen or whatever, uh, like, why don't you just have a different billionaire fund everything and not make him do two things? Like, why does he have to be the CEO of this thing and also run this team? <laughs> So that's like an interesting thing about him being a CEO of, of of Halo Industries, which we never really learn about in this. But again, like Halo, Cherubic, mm. whatever. Yeah. All the all the guys were like my mind. I got it. Like <laughs> heaven and hell. Like they were they all understood that that was a like you need to go biblical in these books. Yeah. But uh, in future different versions of this, like almost everybody had interpretations of what Halo Industries was, except for, I think, this version. They never really say what it does, what this company is. It's just like a conglomerate that uh, he runs and has $2.5 billion from. Yeah. And he uses that to fund... He's gotten $2.5 billion because of Void's, like, just sort of, like, helping him out or whatever. Yeah, I could be a billionaire like that. I could have self-esteem if it's, like, this impossibly beautiful silver woman uh, making all these decisions for me. Yeah. And the only reason why, because he used his powers once, mm-hmm. and she's like, at some point, that's going to come in handy. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Everybody knows you're the Lord Amp. That rules. And then she, you know, when he asks her why, she's like, listen, I got some problems too. You're not alone here. And then she goes into this crazy flashback where, yeah, her body is like exploding. And, you know, she's saying how she's been having these dreams where like, just uh, nothing really makes any sense. Um, it is really like, it really does feel like just Dr. Manhattan type dialogue with this shit. It's cool sounding, but it's just, it's, you know, she says like, I see my death, my rebirth and the discovery of you and all this kind of shit. And it's just like, all right, I got it. This is a, like, are you, yeah. are you talking about like the splash page 
where everything yeah. is uh, crashing. She's kind of exploding from lasers, <clears throat> shards of glass and everything everywhere. This page is like really cool. I'm not I'm gonna very politely mention how like crazy her titties are in this drawing. <laughs> Dude, you do this... not respect women at all. <laughs> this became but, how like, you rendered like she's made of chrome, but then from here on out, like that's how every breast was rendered for years. Like they were just yes. like, yeah. could do this like chrome. Was that dude Jim Balent? He did Catwoman? Uh yes, that's those are Jim Balent boobs for sure. Yeah, he Jim Balance saw this was like, all right, that's the Got wave. It. I'm riding it. This is the <laughs> yeah. power spheres that that everyone's going to be drawing for for years. Um, yeah, I it's not I I respect women so much, Ramon. Don't even make this accusation. No, you don't. I'm going to get and, a uh, reputation. You know and everybody is saying that you don't respect women, but whatever. I and yeah. I'm very soft and sensitive, but I just sometimes <laughs> I have thoughts and, and feelings about crazy so she's she's becoming unstuck in time and she's she's saying that it's dreams but she doesn't realize no it's not dreams this is really happening and uh then we meet the wildcat boys like i i call these i think they're the wild boys these are the wild boys i feel like spartan warblade and maul are are truly the wild boys like everybody else has kind of got their own shit going on these three not not so much i think spartan's a good boy i don't think he's a wild yeah he's like the cyclops like these other two are wild. He's more Cyclopsy. Like yeah, he's this, just like this I'm just a, over here doing the rules. Jim Lee's second Cyclops <laughs> design, basically. No, but you don't you don't have hair like that and not be a wild boy. That's true. <laughs> he's a he's a robot. Somebody built that hair. <laughs> don't do that. Don't take away his agency. We respect all life forms on this podcast. No, this hair is is amazing. As a bald person, did you not and watch Westworld? This, this is like the the height of jealousy for me. I mean, as a bald person, you could wear that hat, like you could wear that mask that he's wearing, and just it'd be the best toupee ever. Like he has no hairline; <laughs> you could easily have that hair. It's like you just put like a wig with a headband. There was an era that had like, uh, you remember visors, but the visors had like a full wig on top. Yeah, like visor hats. When I when I started to lose my hair, I was wearing a douchebag visor. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like the widow's peak went up into past the visor, and I no was like, way. Oh, "This is not. This is not a good scene. Like this is worse than worse than I could have ever possibly imagined." Yeah, you do not yeah. want skin to be on the top of the visor. You went to the hat store and got one of those uh, those Doctor Seuss hats. And you're like, well, <laughs> I take this hat off, but I got so much hair under here yeah. that it would just like it would it would fall everywhere. You, you put so on like a Jamiroquai cap. I got, I, one of those hats that immediately people got dreads that. have and you just like filled it with groceries or whatever. <laughs> Comics. <laughs> yeah, just go to Party City and get the the Jamaican dread cap. It comes with the dreads. I got the Chris Somni newsboy cap immediately. Like I just walked in and showed him what was happening with my hair. And yeah, that's like, the oh, move. You. <laughs> if you're going to work in comics, going bald, you put that newsboy cap on. Yeah. Oh, sir, right this way. Here's where all our bard, bald comic artists get their hats. You look like somebody that might want to sell some papes. All, all, all joking aside, I think Spartan it may be my favorite of the Wildcats. Your favorite of, of the, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers? Of just the Wildcats in general. I love this motherfucker. Wow. Because he's a robot. Because he's a robot. Uh, that's cool as shit. He, and I've, I've always loved Cyclops. You know, like he's, he's my favorite X-Men because of the way Morrison wrote him. And I, I just think he's the shit. And actually, speaking of Morrison, I, last night I also had to reread 
uh, Wildcats number one. Mm. Um, and for the first time ever, I read Wildcats number two. It was the uh, the Morrison script that Jim Lee never finished drawing. So uh, <laughs> See, it was sick, though, because it t- like the first one is a lot like this one. It's a lot of what's and a lot, the second issue is a lot of why's. And that second issue is so incredible. Actually, for the for the Patreon stuff, I was thinking I might as well just talk about it here. But I was thinking if we get to a certain goal, I may draw that issue, like maybe just pencil it. Ex- but I think that would be like a that's fun. A, that's a big goal, though. You're going to do Grant Morrison's Wildcats number two. Yeah, I think that would be sick. Yeah, that'd be dope. Cause I love I love that comic. Like the the second issue of it is amazing and it sucks that we never got to see it. You wanna fix that. Drawn. Jim Lee sort of pulled the we call it the reverse Villa Lobos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going whenever you zig, he's eggs. <laughs> imagine imagine he like he hears about that, he's like, What the fuck? <laughs> Didn't I fire you? <laughs> I just think it would be. I just think it would be fun. Like I, like I legit read the because it, it's in the absolute edition, and I read that issue. And there's so many good things in it. Like so much like uh, stuff about like capitalism and like power structures and all this shit that I just wanted to like. like damn, we almost had like a second like amazing run of this thing. But yeah, you know he it it, it didn't happen. But uh, anyways. So we see we see the the wild boys with my favorite yeah. character Spartan. Warblade. Spartan's cool because he is just kind of boring. He's kind of like a like a happy dude who's like kind of dumb because he's a robot. But now he's you, like an alien robot. He's not a regular robot. You like uh, Green Lantern too? I feel like that's a type like Cyclops, Green Lantern type folks. Like Cyc- or Spartan yeah, definitely I think so. falls into that too. True. What's who does Spartan? Oh, Spartan, yeah. True weirdo characters to like. Also, just like anybody who had that mask in the 90s. Sure. Yeah, like ha- hair completely out. <laughs> yeah, just like the Gambit Cyclops thing. Yeah. yeah. The the Gambit style is, is incredibly impractical, but it's probably my favorite version of that. Just like full face, except for that. Yeah, so the Wild Boys are fighting. The Wild Boys are fighting, and Marlo is just like, "What the fuck did you guys do? Like, you guys suck. Like, <laughs> do I need to hire some some young bloods or something?" <laughs> I love that they, I love that they are establishing the Wildcats as like the ragtag team of the Image universe. Right? It seems seems a little far fetched. Yeah, there, there's nothing ragtag about them. The government runs the young bloods, and so this is like, a yeah, he says private... maybe I could afford a young blood or two though. Like, he's like, I could buy one of those because the young blood wasn't their whole thing. Like, they're paid by the yeah, government. yeah, they work though. for the government. So this is like private industry superhero team yeah the private sector but like yeah he's like bummed because he's just like you guys are uh not as good as shaft right they're goofing <laughs> around little does he know if he looked in the pages of youngblood those guys are goofing around too like everybody's just having fun yeah grass so the cyber force guys aren't really having that much fun uh, but that, that everyone else kind of that tracks chilling. this is sort of like uh Johnny Storm, the thing type shit in here too. That's the vibes I was getting from this. Like they're just yeah. It literally sounds like Ben Grimm, how he's written. (laughs) Yeah. What a revolt and development! I was waiting for something like that from Maul. Don't you want to? Don't you want to play no more? Yeah. So so we see Marlo and he's just like, oh, why me? Like what am I doing? And uh, Void is like, no, dude, it has to be you because you're the you're the one. (laughs) Like you're Lord M, bro. And she said, there's a powerful cabal. That is like out here doing shit, and we only trust you to uh, to fight back against this. Like you're the you're the one who's gonna is gonna save the day. Yeah. Finally, the greatness has been thrust upon him, but he just it's similar to me when I was drawing Wildcats. Like I don't know if I can do this. 
But I didn't have any void there telling me, like, no, nah, you got it. It's the hero's journey. Like, you, I thought Tony was going to be my void, frankly, but he let me down. <laughs> you rejected the call, and I was just like, yeah, right on. I mean, you know, take your time. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe this is not. Maybe this isn't your time. I'm sure it'll be fine. Take as take as long as you need. <laughs> um, anyways, so we go to Chesapeake Bay, and there's a bunch of a uh, bunch of villains, real villains. Hanging out in a submarine. Yo, besides them well, putting it in Chesapeake Bay, like putting it near the capital, like there's no reason that we're in a submarine or anything. Like this whole first panel where they describe the submarine, I'm just like, what's going to happen here? No reason. <laughs> like they're just in an underground yeah. Legion of Doom submarine. Yeah, this is literally a Legion of Doom uh, establishing shot. Yeah. That was that was Brandon Choi getting his shit off. <laughs> Just let me throw some stuff about the submarine. And it's like a I, nuclear I submarine, submarine and it, and then Jim Lee's like, yeah, I'm not going to draw a submarine. I'm going to draw whatever the <laughs> fuck this is. <laughs> I'm drawing a spaceship. Yeah, bro, like, basically. They're, they're just down there eating spaghetti, too. Like, this guy, <laughs> that's, Alberto, that's what he's like, all right, so I'll meet you for this thing. We're at on the submarine? Oh, well, we're going to yeah. have spaghetti, right? <laughs> well, yeah, spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite part about this thing is there's like Hellspawn, Pike, <laughs> This dude with an eye patch, his absolute babe with the widow's peak, and then you just got Alberto. It's like a greasy little Italian. You said this book was 100% babes. You're wrong. Alberto is here to die. Well, hey, first of all, this is literally every Italian person on earth. Don't diminish him him being a babe. Tell me that. Tell me that you wouldn't kill for those four. Arms. I mean, you are right. He has like the manliest, uh, hairiest arms, but Deadpool with a hairline isn't having it <laughs> put in put into context though this was when nypd blue came out yep. and that dude just showed his ass and he was the hottest thing on television sipowitz sipowitz was it frank Fre- something uh, is that guy's name yes Fra- uh, sipowitz. look at how he's holding his wine glass it's so like, dainty <laughs> yeah like no, this is like fine italian dining for him I wish I could dis- I, I, describe the haircut that that Deadpool has. But it's like a it's tight, Deadpool it's like a with tight a hairline. fade, but like too tight. <laughs> like it's it yeah. got super cleaned up around the edges. This man does got like the Carlos Boozer like fake hair. <laughs> the shit is just spray painted on his head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Pike says that he was the one who like paid Judas off to betray Jesus. Yeah. Oh, also, can we give a shout out to my guy with the eye patch and a monocle? <laughs> That's such an elite move. Yeah. Like, if you have one eye and the other one doesn't yeah, you gotta work, amplify you're not wearing glasses. You get a fucking monocle, baby. You yeah. don't look like a dork that has just, like, an eye patch under glasses. That's disgusting. Yeah, that sounds like, like the only logical reason to have a monocle, though, honestly. If, <laughs> if, if you have two eyes, you just use glasses. If you have yeah. one eye... You you rock the monocle. What's more evil though? Because I feel like I've seen pictures of four of uh, what's his name the the director Ford uh, the, the Western director John Ford John Ford. There's pictures of him with an eye patch and like sunglasses over the eye patch, but clear over the uh, non eye patch. That's super evil looking. Yeah, that's dark. And it might be more dark than this, but this guy's bald, so he's yeah, no, he's rocking yeah. it. He's got he's got his hot bitty. On his side, <laughs> I like too that Lord his, Lord Demon or whatever is what is this the guy's name? This evil guy, Hellspawn. Lord Demon. He's like one of you guys is a traitor, and you're just like, well, geez, <laughs> I wonder which. I wonder if it's the fat bald one eating spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know. What you talk about bald. I couldn't be me. 
mamma mia. He's, he's the only one who's like uh, being confrontational to, to, yeah. to the literal <laughs> flaming skull man. He's like, strong words, Hellspunt. You got any proof? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> proof? How about my flaming alien head? <laughs> you see how my word balloons look? If you're an Italian man and you're bald and you're this tiny <laughs> and you're hanging out with this crew, don't you get a thing? Like, don't you? He doesn't even get like a shoulder pad cape. Get a shoulder pad cape. What? Like, get a Mussolini hat. <laughs> like, do something. You can wear one of those gambit hats that Daniel likes. Just something over his cheekbones and around the top oh, of his head. Oh, would have been so dope with like a gambit cap, but like, the hair still bald on top. Free. Still wearing, still wearing the short sleeve and I, the tie. You know what? I bet he tried it once. Like he came, like just swagged out, like looking like a young Gaddafi, <laughs> yeah. and they all laughed at him. They're like, "Oh, okay, Al." <laughs> And he was like, you know what? I'm gonna betray these motherfuckers. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that will I'm sure that'll work out fine for me. Wrong. He gets killed by Pike. Uh but he go he get he dies a true Italian death. Uh this is yeah. a true Italian death. Just uh if you're an Italian person, the best way to die is getting uh, murdered by spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. And that's how he does. Just his face full of pasta. I would and have meatballs. tried to eat as much of it as I could before going. Or like blacking out. It's like a yeah. It's like if if you showed me like a like a burrito, like an like you would you die choking on this burrito? Like yeah, that's how I want to go. Yeah, there are there are worse Absolutely. worse ways to go. Um, exactly. And I love how like he kills him, and it's like very like uh, Doctor Evil, where everyone's like, all right. Anyways, yeah, they just kind of <laughs> leave him face first on the plate and keep monologuing. Yeah, they're like he betrayed us. Anyways, we're looking for the the ch- another uh, chosen one, or uh, sorry, uh, gifted one. The gifted, and we man. don't really know what the gifted one does. But Hellspont, who looks like a giant demon with a f- like, is just a flaming Wolverine head skull. <laughs> yeah, what a design, by the way. Like, just imagine. Look at the cape comes out the middle of his chest at some point, like. In this, in the reveal shot, he just has bits of cape coming out of his chest. Yeah, he's yeah. like tubing. He's got tubes for sure, and then like the cape comes out of his shoulders and his ch- anywhere and he's that got he wants. A, and he's got tiger stripes on a teal <laughs> and leather onesie. Like Zumbas. What? Who who does this? This is the most audacious getup I've ever seen. And you know what's the craziest part about this? It wasn't in the Wildcats update with Warren Ellis. <laughs> I was mm. like, so what are we going to so do? That guy is like, uh, never. <laughs> what? <laughs> just who's the villains? Just guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> what I love about Com- complete misunderstanding of what makes Wildcats no, amazing. I and mean, it's this, it, I, this look, design. I, there, there's so many different Wildcats iterations that like it's it can be different things. But this was where my head was at. I was like, I want to draw this kind of shit. This guy is is a Wolverine skull that's on fire, and he wears. Gold and teal leopard print, <laughs> tiger stripes, a uh, uh, zebra print, with a purple ripped cape and leather pants. Yeah, fantastic. What well, I love about and that's that just shot a guy him, in the book, like that big shot of him. All Tim time Lee does a bunch of these half page like hero shots of all these introducing these characters in this issue, and they yeah. all work as like reveals. Except for this one is like a is sort like they teased at him in that first shot where you see the back of him. But you can see that he has glowing flames coming off of him and like uh, and yeah. big, big, crazy shoulder shit in the cape. So, like, you know, something's coming. 
Yeah, you know yeah. he's already crazy. They're just yeah, you know he's up with him, but it's it's hard to hide that. In fairness to Jim Lee, yeah, even if you showed him from, I like that the colorist here, like I like that the colorist here like gave a little bit of pink shading. Like he has a brain under that fog. <laughs> yeah, that's not in the reprint. Just, just a yeah, little a hint of brain in, reprint, the, but... in the Chiodo colors. He talks to a child and is like, "Where can we find the new gifted one?" And we cut to, uh. The gnome, but that, who is like a child trafficker or something. The child that he talks to is it seems like his void, right? Like she has a similar vibe. She's like a little baby void. She speaks. Yeah, in I pink think a few of the, there's like a few different kind of voids, but yeah. I don't really know what the voids are, and I don't think they're uh, what is it? Col- Cherubics? The I don't think they're good Car- aliens. Caribbean. Yeah, Cari- I don't think they're Caribbeans. Caribbean. Caribbeans. Caribbeans. Yeah. So right. I don't think they're that. Then when they go to this gnome, it's crazy that they have a dwarf and then a gnome too, because very confusing. Oh, when so confusing about for ahead me. Of time. I thought they were just so using frustrating. Like, this guy's a different dwarf. Like, I thought they were using gnome like a slur, <laughs> like oh, this Jacob Marlowe, the gnome. And then they show up and there's just a different gnome, like a different guy's a gnome. What's looks... fucked up is he's a gnome, but he doesn't have any gnome-like qualities. He's a regular-sized <laughs> guy, massive, and just kind of looks like uh, the Hulk. Right. <laughs> But in like a mojo chair, like he's just plugged into everything, but just like yeah. wires coming at him for every which way. You he's think like he's, a Kirby character who's on life support. You think he's normal size? I can't tell. I think he is normal size because I think we see him later, right? Doesn't he show up in like a different getup in like a different issue? Oh, possibly. Anyways, Marlo's like, hey, I know you got another chosen one. I don't know how you or another gifted one. I don't know how. Can I have him? And he's like, yeah. You can have you can have them, but uh, I'm not going to sell this one to you. Which makes me think that he sold them Warblade. Yeah, uh, he sold them out the other Wild Boys. Then, right? That's what I would. That's what I took from that. Yeah, it's like he got 2.5 bill, and then he's just been buying Wild Boys from this dude. This guy's got all these cords, but he's all plugged in. He knows where <laughs> all the chosen ones are at. All the what are they called? The specials. Oh, by the way, w- uh, one thing that I wanted to point out at this point is a. Uh, a man who's worth $2.5 billion, he got his money, he got his money mysteriously, he's just like, sort of met the right, like, sort of silver woman or whatever. Uh, I get real Epstein and Giselle Maxwell vibes from from the Lord Emp and... And Void? And Void. Do you see it? Like, he's just buying, he's just buying Wild Boys <laughs> from this motherfucker. Well, now that you now that you've seen <laughs> I mean... it... it You've in the, the single single minded pursuit sort of way, it's just that I think like Epstein was after a young. I want to be crass here, you know. He's after young ladies, and I feel like uh, Aunt Lord Amp and Void are after superheroes. Had been not to fuck them. Oh, on who's the next person that they're getting though? I who's mean, the next person he's selling them. He didn't know that. This is just by happenstance. <laughs> <laughs> but who is it though? It's so a young about... stripper. They're talking about exchanging, trading for a woman here. This is a conversation True. that Emp and Void are having with the gnome. They're making a deal for a beautiful right. young We don't woman. know it's a beautiful young woman, though, because we cut to Georgetown after the explosion, and we get the character find of the century. No, this is not my beloved, not my beloved Spartan, the fan favorite. The simple man's favorite, Grifter. <laughs> now, Grifter does rock. <laughs> yeah, like he, everything, everything they do on this page, everything Jim Lee does on 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 in this sequence is to make sure that 
Grifter looks like the yeah. coolest yeah, person Grifter in the room. Grifter has a backwards hat and sunglasses <laughs> and kind of like a duster. <laughs> at and nighttime. And a five o'clock shadow at nighttime, indoors, walking into a strip club. But he's such a Chad that he doesn't even look at the babe whose Full ass is like a on. foot away from him. <laughs> like, he is an absolute legend. Yeah. He, he's walking through there talking about, Hit. last time I was here in 72, so... I'm putting him at what, like 40? You're doing the math. He's got to be like 45, 50 years old. But that's what the guy says, yeah. too. He's like, you're looking good for you. You look like a kid. Yeah, well, he'd been, he'd been spending some time out with a, with an Amazonian, war, Amazonian warrior who's been like, I guess that's good for your skin, I guess. Yeah. But he says it was a quiet dive for company spooks and operators who came here to unwind and get away from all the crap at Langley. So it... You know, earlier in the book, we see the I.O. And I thought, oh, the I.O. is like the CIA because it's like literally just like international operations. It's a spy agency that operates sort of like the FBI, but globally. But then we learned, no, the CIA exists. Like he talks about Langley. He talks about like spooks and all this shit. So like this is a level above what we now learned is that there's a level above the CIA. And that's where these guys are operating, which is kind of like sick. Like (laughs) it's kind of sick that. For a book this confusing that they kind of established, like, everything that you know about, like, the global elites and all that stuff. This is just happening above them. This is, like, the next level of, you know, paranoia, conspiracy kind of shit. Which, like, for where my head's been at lately, incredible. Yeah. It, it was hitting it was hitting all the right spots Absolutely. When I saw he was talking, when I, as soon as Grifter shows up and is like, yeah, I'm so badass... Like, <laughs> this is the perfect fucking comic. It's just a dude who's like, I rule. I'm hanging out with babes, but I, I'm such an alpha. I don't even notice that they're hot, you know, that kind of thing. This and like, I gotta, make, gotta, look you know, that I gotta make a quick correction. This is before the explosion in Georgetown. The timeline as oh, the, as oh, I right. I'm sorry. This is the. I'm a fool because this is the this is today. I forgot it's not the present yeah, or the, the future. future. Yeah, this is today. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, my bad, my bad, my Astute bad. Astute readers at the time would be like, oh no, he's in Georgetown. <laughs> no, nobody would <laughs> Nobody would know that. <laughs> but thank you for the correction. This is just like when Daniel mixed up Patty Jenkins with, uh, what's her name? <laughs> yeah. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Catherine Deuce Bigelow, Bigelow, male gigolo. So he's, yeah, he's saying that his sister Zella took him away, taught him about life, taught him how to be a man. And since that time, the place has changed. It's now the hottest strip club in town. What My, my, my favorite part about this, too, is he says, uh, hottest strip club in town. The rich and shameless in D.C. come down here to play out their closet fantasies and wet dreams. It's a strip club. <laughs> it's, just, it's literally just a strip club. <laughs> it's a strip club is with that... <laughs> fully clothed women everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, like this isn't like an eyes wide shut orgy uh, where you get to like kill someone at the end. This it isn't anything like that. It's a strip club called the Hotspot with fully clothed dancers. These perverts, these freaks. (laughs) And it and that and that door is like a dive bar. Like the way what he's coming. I love that he said. I absolutely love it. I love that he said during the Cold War it was called the Hotspot and it's called the (laughs) Hotspot. Back in the <laughs> back in the day, this was the hot spot. The hot spot. By the way, his name is Cold Cash, like Cold Cash. Cold Hard Cash. The yeah. most, just the sickest fucking thing I've ever, the sickest fucking thing ever. You gotta assume his middle um, name is Hard, right? That is a the dudest name. <laughs> cold Hard Cash. Yeah, absolutely. My middle name is this Hard. Is, this is a moment where 
the the layout turns right. This is like two vertical. Yeah, we're going. Yeah, you, you know what? You know what? I love. I love going sideways, boys. In the days, I when I. When I when we when we, when I was doing Wildcats for that first issue, I told them like th- there was a two there was a two page splash or a two page spread, and I said, uh, "Can I do this sideways?" And they were just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Legit, they were just like, "You were just trying like, to get fired." Uh, the I whole guess. Time. <laughs> like, uh, why would you do that? And I was just like, "This is Wildcats." Because <laughs> yeah, it's Wildcats, and like you gotta have like that long when ass the babe shows up, pants. you go no, sideways. Like, yeah, like uh, it was. I feel I feel up. so bad that I fucked that up for readers because they would have really loved it. Because <laughs> if I was reading a comic now and I had to turn that shit sideways, I would be so fucking hyped. <laughs> yeah, it really feels like you're doing something naughty. Like you're like it is like you're holding like a Playboy, like a centerfold. It's just like ooh, fucking babe. And plus, ooh la la. The, well, we introduced Voodoo here, and this image is seared into my brain for whatever the past 25 years or however long this book's come out. Like if you asked me before I turned that page when I was reading it last night to do like a little thumbnail of what it was going to look like, I could have sketched up exactly what she's doing in this shit. Like this drawing is a Jim Lee classic and her legs are as long as the rest of her body. And her feet are as tiny (laughs) as I've ever, like it's impossibly small feet, which rules. Yeah, they're hidden under that, yeah. like, push, those knees. Yeah. I feel like once Grifter shows up, like, all the other stuff is cool, there's so much there, but once Grifter shows up, like, I get why he's the guy, because as soon as he shows up, this book gets into high Takes gear. Takes off, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, before this, it's not, it's kind of a slog, but after Grifter shows up, it's just like, damn, this may be the greatest comic ever made. <laughs> He's the wild I, I boy. love that, like, it is just like uh, when when Marv goes in to meet Nancy. Yeah. Or not Marv, uh, uh, Harrigan or whatever. Bruce Willis. (laughs) When Bruce Willis goes in to meet Nancy, but it's just like such a, like, it's just a pure version of it. Like, she's not naked. He's not into her at all because he's just totally asexual. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he's, He's just here to smoke and kill people and that rules. Look how he's wearing his hat over his hair this is... in this middle panel on this page. Like, it's so crazy. It works in a Jim Lee drawing, but if, like, if my friend was wearing his hat like that... Yeah, like, the I mean, hair like, that pops out, out of the that? Hospital? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the hair... The way the hair is coming out of that... Just yeah. the front of his head is... Is, is I love perfect. that. I love that he uh, explains to this. I so he talks to he. He's like he comes in here. He hasn't been here since seventy two, where it was I guess a respectable like just dive bar for for CIA agents. Now it's just the hottest strip club in town for Washington D.C. folks. For the elite, and he goes. Uh, he goes. I gotta talk to the manager. See what's been going on. He's like, hey man, how this place get so popular? It's like, bro, you just told us the dancing. <laughs> like you just, you just yeah, said it's, it's the hottest club. strip club because all the freaks want to get off their closet fantasies and their wet dreams. That's right. And he's like, well, I'll tell you why voodoo. And yeah, the hottest babe of all time, really hotter than maybe even the silver Russian babe. I think, I think the billionaire, uh, wet dreams and fantasies in the, like, in this book, <laughs> yeah. it's just to visit a strip club. <laughs> like it, this book is so innocent that their like deepest desires, like like how how one imagines well, a strip guys, club. Yeah, well, that's 12. the thing is the book is so made like, for like 12, 13 year olds. So you're a 12, 13 year old. You're like, bro, could you imagine fucking how hot it would be to go to a strip club? <laughs> just some naked ladies in there. 
Yeah, may- maybe there'll be one in this yeah. comic. Oh no, she's she's not naked, but <laughs> no, close enough. Just twelve-year-olds imagining Tony billionaires. You didn't need her to like, be naked when you were that going age. To the and the strip club. Out, right? I don't know if I had seen a lady naked when this book came out. I was just so you didn't need her to yeah. be naked. You were just like, "Fuck, look at that ass. Look at them." Yeah, no, these shapes. The the way the the ass gets a little bit of like a like a circular yeah. gradient on each cheek on the the yep. like early Photoshop. But the thing is. Uh, unlike Daniel, Grifter does respect women, so he doesn't even see her as like a sexual being. Well, really. her ass is her ass is not pointed. He doesn't towards even him notice that butt. It's toward the back of the stage. He he had he well, he totally notice. simps for her though. He's just like holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to give uh, Jim Lee a lot of credit because unlike John Byrne, who sort of made a career out of making the X Men have like these sort of like his girl Friday characters that are always underage, like. You know, Wolverine has his Kitty Pride, his Jubilee, all this stuff. Jim Lee, legend that he is, gives them a an of uh, an of age sort of babe to fawn over, and like you know, I wonder uh, what age they ended up making her when whenever they got around to giving her an age, because you can't tell. Oh, Grifter, I mean, uh, like you can't tell in '90s comics. She could be 18, she could be 30. Who knows? Like she's just beautiful. Yeah, but I know she. I know one thing. She's not. 13. She's old enough to work in a strip club for sure. yeah no but like well i mean if we're talking about grifter being 40 something still looks kind of off but it isn't as bad as it it isn't as bad as like uh nancy and no she's the only one that voodoo has ever had a romantic relationship with of the comics that i've read because i haven't read the more ones but uh is my man spartan he's the only man that's man enough for her he's a robot What, what's why is that crazy? I mean, I look. I don't. Want... <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. I'm a, I'm pro robot. She's wild and what, crazy. He's straight up and down. I guess I guess it works out. It works. Is she wild and crazy? I don't. I never got the sense of that. I mean, this. she definitely works at a strip club. I, Her name's she Voodoo, must have man. That sounds wild. This lady yeah. at the bottom of the oh, page. Okay. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot how crazy strip clubs are. This is the wet dreams. Yeah. And, uh, I'm talking about. Key Valley shit going on. Like she's probably getting into all sorts of adventures and shenanigans. Oh my god, she maybe yeah. does take off her clothes at some point when she's working yeah, here. I would assume. My bad, I forgot. My Ooh. I forgot. I'm sweating over <laughs> here. Just, just so she's in there, and three Amazonians type type care. Oh, sorry, one Amazonian and two like just sort of goons come in. Amazonian babe, uh, number like 800 in this yeah. comic. Just one of She's another. The third, second uh, or third one we've seen so far, but not the last for sure. No, not the last and, by far. There's, you know, maybe the ultimate babe coming up. This too. last panel, well, we'll we'll do the ranking when we get there. But did you notice this last panel looks? This issue is like a buildup of babes. The last panel looks like a like a Patrick Nagel to me. You know, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Because like the I most '80s super badass lady, just like sunglasses. The lines are all sharp. I love it. So she comes in. She tells her two goons, "Get her! Like <laughs> this is the person that everybody yeah. has been here for." She's kind of simping too. They all simp for Voodoo. That's her power, and right? Who, who can blame them? That's her literal power is to make simps. You imagine if Voodoo was a Twitch oh, streamer, <laughs> how many how many tier three subs she'd get? That's absolutely insane. She would she would basically own Twitch. <laughs> like she would have Jeff Bezos subbing. So we get uh, some very sick action scene. The, one of the CIA looking like goons walk up to her. They really are like, what's the guy's name in the Matrix? The uh, Agent Smith. There's like an Agent Smith. He walks up to her and only she can see 
that he is not just like a regular ass white dude. He is a Damonite. And I love a Damonite, the. I love the storytelling on these four panels specifically because it shows you exactly like, her powers. She can see through to that shit, and like it reads perfectly in those four panels. One of my favorite things about this book, when I when I when I was explaining it to someone, I didn't do it at the beginning of the show because I wanted to do it organically. But really, this book is just like every sort of like John Carpenter action movie that Jim Lee liked, just mixed yeah. into one. Because it's got a little bit of They Live, it's got a little bit of Escape from New York, it's got a little bit of The Thing because it opens up in Antarctica <laughs> with like, yeah. what's this crazy alien thing? Like we don't know. So it's got like all of the sick John Carpenter stuff that he likes. There's a lot of fog, a lot of just like hot babes and. uh yeah, he goes he goes real they live, but he doesn't want to just draw a regular fucking alien. He draws Jim Lee alien, which looks absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Crazy looking thing. It's like a xenomorph. Um, like incomprehensible. Like, yeah, when I actually when I read this, I never really understood if the black is like in shadow or if that's like the inside of the mouth. Like are the teeth on this thing um are those the bottom teeth or the top teeth? Right. It, it mean, doesn't make any sense, but it's so yeah. sick. It's so alien that it doesn't really have to. Um, so, yeah, they all start, like, sort of killing people. There's a guy who, like, talks up to one of the Agent Smith Damonites. Hey, get off. I'm, I'm, I'm simping over here. <laughs> hey, I'm simping over here. <laughs> they, they shoot I'm that. simping. <laughs> they shoot that fool right in the face. The second most noble death but, uh, after... Uh, dying in a face uh, plate full of spaghetti is definitely uh, getting shot in the face while simping for voodoo. Yeah, I want to just point out like a, a very tasteful art thing on that panel. The first panel of the four panels of voodoo sees through the guy's thing. Like on her chin, he doesn't draw the full chin line. That shit affected yeah. me so much. It looks so cool, and it is. There's like only one way to do it right. Every other thing you do just looks like somebody with a fat chin. Like a yeah. big fat neck, you know, like it's hundred percent super hard to get right, but it looks so great there. Every time I've tried to do it, it looks stupid. That's why yeah. you fired me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like look at all these fat neck bitches. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, idiot. They're not supposed to be fat neck. So uh they, there's big chaotic action scene. The the chick who walked in the Amazonian Patrick Nagel babe starts like fucking cutting people with a crazy ass blade. Um yeah. And Grifter's like, I've seen enough. <laughs> yeah. The the elitist crowd in this just look like regular guys. Yeah. Well they're all just they're they're all just like Wall Street bros just hanging out. They're all the, not Wall Street bros. They could well, maybe some of them. They're all just like lobbyist dudes. K Street there. bros. Yeah, they're running for dear life. They're K Street dudes out out here simping over a voodoo. And then uh yeah, uh Grifter's like, I've seen fuck I've seen enough. <laughs> so it. like what I don't understand is why he even puts on the mask. Like, uh, I mean, I get it, even like in some places, but like in here, he's already went around. Like nobody's confused. Like, whoa, what happened to that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still wearing exactly the same jacket. Yeah, it does take the hat off though. So you, if they were like, mm. "Where's the guy in the hat?" He's gone now. Do you think the mask was under the hat? Maybe the mask it's is like the you hat. Could just pull the. Mm. We just... never see what happens to the hat, unfortunately, or the glasses, unfortunately. But he puts on maybe the most iconic mask of I'm, yeah, this modern book, design this, like no, modern not modern characters? I wouldn't go with that let's not get extreme let's not get extreme studios here okay it's then, no spawn of, of image but if you're ranking them Tony Fleek's master top. image guy <laughs> what where do you where do you place this top masks 
I mean, Spawn, because he made like that icon that's like a button, you know? Like, yeah, that has that, to be number one. That's the one that you could spot a mile away. But I would probably, Grifter would probably have to be number two. Not Pike? Not Pike. Pike with the... Not like the Durag Deadpool. Yeah, Durag Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not with the lineup. <laughs> not Pike. Uh, <laughs> it's like, Pike's like, damn, another I'll, betrayal. I would guess, like out of uh, out of the Extreme Studios, Die Hard's probably like the top mask, right? Die Hard. Like no. I can picture yeah, that. I guess blue like that weird down flat the face thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't think I don't think anything compares to yeah. to the Grifter mask. So Spawn uh, or aside, Grifter? Aside from Spawn. Spawn or Grifter? You can like it's a toss up because Spawn is so sick because it's basically just Venom mixed with Spider Man, yeah. but he's got glowy eyes. Grifter's kind of its own thing, though. Like, nobody had the bandit the bandit mask. You hadn't seen that. No. Yeah. And, 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 and he's got the can, bonus of the hair. And anybody could do it. Like, you could have a grif- Grifter mask. Like, you'd be Grifter for Halloween well, on, the, on your cheapest Halloween. But you know? not anybody can do it. Some people got fire drawing that mask. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anybody could wear it. Like, if you wanted to dress oh, up right, like right, Grifter. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, anybody can draw it. I was any, like, any idiot could get paid to draw Wildcats for at least two issues. That's what I've always <laughs> said. <laughs> so, so Grifter's like, I've fucking seen enough, dude. So he's about to start firing. And then these dudes press a button and then they turn into fucking Robocops. Boom. I don't understand why they didn't come in that way. Like, did you have to be discreet if you were going to immediately start shooting people? Yeah. It was my same question for Grifter. If you were going to go, if you were going to go in with the intention of being incognito, why didn't you uh, start out incognito? And so are these the people who are like demons underneath? Yeah. Uh, But they also have these armors on top. Flash suits. Yeah. Yeah. Flash suits. They can switch those things on. I don't they know why. Just be demons. It, <laughs> so I, it's just it's just I amazing up, that it's also demons who also have amazing <laughs> flash suits. Listen, I looked up. Uh, you know, Pick I searched. Thing. I searched Jim Lee, John Carpenter, nothing. Jim Lee, uh, Verhoeven, nothing. Because this man is taking liberties with yeah. some stuff. This so they, is Showgirls. This is RoboCop. This is Total Recall. Like we're we're getting a lot of like those early '90s action movie things and the John Carpenter the stuff I mentioned, and uh, you know I found nothing. He's never once credited any of the things he took from, <laughs> which rules I think. <laughs> well, it's probably yeah, just no, it's like loose lip sync ships. It's probably all all in text somewhere, like in Wizard Magazine or Comic Scene or something, because they would talk. Yeah, I looked about, for them. I remember reading that shit where they would talk about how hardcore they were into laser discs back in these days. And like yes. everybody at Wildstorm would just buy laser discs, and like they would get the new hotness, like the VLC version, and then you'd go check that out. Uh, Could you so imagine I, what it would be like to be in that in that circle back in those days? Oh, I it mean, must be I like being like us now, like when you and I talk about watching things on Tubi. That's true. <laughs> Could you I, imagine? If a, we got the f- it's the closest there's, thing. There's that oral history of Wildstorm, and I read that, and the whole time I'm just like, God, like. Because you hear, like, you didn't have to be Travis Cheris. Like, people just showed up that were pretty good, and they were like, oh, you could join our coloring studio. And I was just like, I fucking could. Like, somebody met Jim Lee in uh, Toys R Us, and we're just like, yo, you're Jim Lee. I've seen you in Wizard Magazine. And he was like, oh, hey. <laughs> and they're like, uh, can I have a job? And he was like, yeah, come on by. <laughs> like, you <can> just <laughs> work at Wildstorm. The Wildstorm guys, like, I-, I love their casual flexes when they're like, yeah, I was there. 
Like there's yeah. so many of them. Cause you're right. Like they would just hire people from wherever, like, uh, like, you know, Pete Woods, the casual flex where I was like, I tweeted about this. I'm like, you know, they should recolor everything that was done on windows 3.0. And he's like, he was just like, we used max. I was like, <laughs> damn, that's so sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that rules so hard. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Grifter's like, I've, I've had enough. Um, I'm going to start shooting these motherfuckers in their Robocop uh, mech suits. And he shoots like a thousand bullets, which is something, by the way, that I I, uh, I recreated, I think, uh, much to Warren Ellis' chagrin at some point. Because <laughs> he was like, I want to draw real guns. And I'm like, oh, but remember when, uh, when Grifter would shoot people with a thousand bullets and they were all headshots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he must have been like, is, who is this? I don't idiot? know why one would want to. I don't know why one would want to um, change this. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking at this Grifter shot, and like, why would you want to make this realistic? He, uh, he shoots these guys. He says, "Have to make them all headshots." Look at how many bullets there are. <laughs> There's a thousand. He shot the fuck out of their goddamn all heads. Those, all those bullets are going into the same head. Straight I'm telling you, head. he shot like he saw Robocop when they just absolutely obliterated that motherfucker and was like, got you. Yeah. And then we get the uh, the image. Uh, what's your face? The uh... From Image News with the yeah, image news. most pointless news break of all time. She's just like. They're shooting in Georgetown. Where? We're not going to say. All right, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> it only exists it only exists so that we can see the Wild Boys yeah. with Marlo and the the Babe Hatton and they're just like, "Oh, something's going down. Let's go." <laughs> you know, like they're, I don't know if we're ready, but we're about to find out. That they're in DC uh, must too. Must be the cabal, sir. They're in New York and then they're getting this news break about a shooting in Georgetown in DC. I guess a shooting might be big enough like national news. <laughs> Lucky they had the news on. Well, I think uh, I think Gnome tipped him off to where they should be looking, but he just didn't tell them where to go. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, because Gnome was like, I'll let like you know. Chomsky? I'll give you the intel, but I'm not going to tell you, like, everything. That's crazy. <laughs> so so then uh, Grifter, ultimate respecter of women, is like, oh, Coda. Like, she's a Coda, which we learn uh, is, like, sort of an Amazonian race of these uh, Caribbeans. Yeah. Um, warrior women and the, and they all, all have beautiful blades they all have beautiful legs and they taught him everything he knows he's the ultimate grifter is like he really is like marv he's just like a straight simp but he loves you know he respects women a true ally you know? true ally he was, he was raised ally. amongst them to be like one of their own right yeah like they they call they all call him brother grifter but i'm sure he was like please uh sister grifter is fine <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> Um, incredible allyship incredible ally shoots her in the fucking stomach blasts her to death <laughs> <laughs> but respectfully respectfully he, he does it because that's what he would have done that's what the code would have been respectfully obliterates her midsection he does get off like, a, a joke too he's just like i hope you got the stomach for it and then he just blasts her stomach out that was one of the things uh so i read the morrison thing for the morrison jim lee wildcats and he has the craziest jokes like this in that book. Like Jim Lee, like Grant Morrison just thought it was the funniest shit. How he will kill somebody and just be like, Oh, you got the stomach for it. (laughs) It is full total recall shit. It is total recall all the way. It's so rad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're running away and then they're about to get away. And another Coda and even more sort of like mech goons show up. 
And Grifter's like, well, now I guess we're uh, outnumbered because even though my one gun can shoot a thousand bullets, um, I don't know. I don't know why he's and outnumbered. Just in case he has a tiny gun. Well, he starts like, worrying too about like not being able to hit targets right around now. Like When he's in that strip club, he's like, I'm just going to hit these guys right in their faces. And then now <laughs> when he gets out in this alleyway, he's like, oh, I got to make this one count. He's like, well, I thought you were hitting them right in their face. Let's go. <laughs> it's the Grifter. So... I didn't ever say that name either, the Grifter, but uh, anyways. He says the Grifter right here. No, but I mean, like, I don't understand why he's called the Grifter. Oh, yeah, I don't either. Yeah, like, Grifter is like a con man or something. Yeah, he's not that really at all. Yeah. He doesn't do much grifting ever. Must have been back in his 30 years ago days when he was going to that bar. Maybe he was ripping people off. He seems very noble now. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, like, he grifted and then once Sister Zealot found him, she set him on the right path. Yeah, so they're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And then the fucking wild boys show up. Here we go. Just, they they pop up. We got Maul. We got Spartan. We got fucking Psyblade or Warblade. Uh, Psyblade. Warbladeen. Well, what's, what's the guy? I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the Cyber Force version of Warblade. Ripclaw. Ripclaw. Yeah. We got, we got Ripclaw number two. We got Ripclaw with the Ariana Grande haircut. <laughs> and the high <laughs> pony. Okay, if you gotta have a team with Ripclaw or or Warblade, who do you go with? Oh, you gotta take uh, Ripclaw. He's a Native you American. He's, He's spiritual so like that. This guy, yeah. this guy just has that high ponytail. Although he does have like T like T one thousand powers too. Ripclaw, Ripclaw looked to me always like like Omega Red Wolverine. Yeah, the... I mean, yeah, all these guys were like, we know the we know the thing. We need a big guy. Yeah. We need a boring guy. Knife guy. We need a guy with blades. We need a guy with the cool mask. Sexy lady, and, warrior lady. And at least two or three babes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that and Lord Imp uh, is just still smoking a cigar even when they jump out of an airplane. Like, they're like, time yeah, to get into battle. Do you want to put that out? And he's like, I got this. It's fine. Yeah, that That's Jim Lee being on, on point with the branding. He's like, no, this guy has cigars. Tony, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Who do you think is my favorite Cyber Force member? <laughs> Based on your Green Lantern shit? Is it that yeah. one that, that shoots the hot <laughs> heat wave? It or is whatever? in fact heat wave. Yes. <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> I love him. Amazing. It's that mask. I lo- Folks, I love him. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I can't I can't get enough of him. Um Yeah, he's my favorite. But anyways, so the uh The cavalry arrives. The cavalry uh... arrives. They start doing their they start doing their thing, which is funny. Cavalry arrives, and who saves the day? Spartan. How? Just shoots everybody with a giant blast. Doesn't really need anything else. His, his optic A little anticlimactic. They didn't blast. all need to show up. Maul, uh, Warblade, kind of useless. Well, Maul stomps on that guy, and then Warblade... Maul did a stomp. He, he did a really good lady. stomp there. Yeah, he, does, he, like, squishes a dude. Oh, yeah, I don't know how uh, Spartan was going to handle that if he wasn't there to stomp that one guy. <laughs> He absolutely obliterates and, this other guy, though, and Marlo's talking, he's talking that hot shit, because yeah. he's like, oh, it turns out my team's pretty good, and then he gets <laughs> captured by one of the Robocops from indoors. He wa- he wanders out, and he's like, look at this little dwarf. Everywhere this guy goes, he's, everyone wants to bully his ass. Yeah. You could definitely see him, too, because he's smoking that cigar. He's like, follow that smoke. <laughs> Easy to spot. So he comes out here, he chokes him, and Grifter's like, I'm gonna shoot that motherfucker, right? And... Uh, again, everybody just doesn't trust that he can do it, even though he shot 
all yeah. those dudes in the head like a thousand times. They weren't in the bar. They don't know. They don't know how bad yeah. he is. Void is like, don't do it, don't do it. And then uh Marlo's like, fuck that, shoot him. Like he's he's betting with house money. He's yeah. like, mm, probably he's probably got it. And then it doesn't matter if he's got it or not, because this motherfucker takes a blade to the back of the head, absolutely fucking destroys him. So and badass. then we get the controversial moment of the issue. Yeah. Something that caused panic and worry <laughs> in me and Tony's chat because there is a splash page that I posted online that's in the absolute that's in the, in the compendium, but not in the original issue of what? grifter. Yeah. It's not the one that you saw. Uh, it's grifter standing over a dead body of the RoboCop, and Marlo and voodoo and mall are like, Oh, what the fuck? Which, like, actually, when I saw this, I thought, that's actually, like, he's using thinner lines. It doesn't look like the same style of yeah the early stuff. It looks like, right? 19, it's not, like 1996, 97, Jim Lee. Like, almost divine right. Or, like, minimum 94. It's like issue 5 Wildcats, not Send issue Send me that four. image whenever you can. I'm, I'm really curious to Yeah, I'll, I'll to post it. It's, like, more, would be more gentle crosshatching, um, just more composed. It's just, like, just thinner lines. Different Jay, than, than stuff in here. When J. Scott Campbell shows up, I feel like those two start feeding off each other. And Jim mm. Lee gets like a little softer and J. Scott Campbell gets like really good at that Jim Lee shit. And like less cartoony. That's interesting. And I feel like that, that page comes from that era. Yeah. Um, it was it was fascinating though because like uh, all, all he does is uh, Grifter goes, it's about freaking time. Because he's been talking about this babe that's supposed to show up, and nobody like knew who it was, or like the reader doesn't specifically. He just keeps talking about, oh, when Zealot gets here, when Zealot gets here, he's a simp, right? And uh, Maul says about uh, talk, yo, talking about a splitting headache because uh, she stabbed the guy in the head. <laughs> that's all you miss, Daniel. Okay. Um, okay. I'll put it in the chat. But also notable that the colors uh, that the in this in this compendium. They give him gold armor, but every other time he's has silver armor. So just like really strange, but uh, it really is uh, Jim Lee getting his life of Pablo on. I, he did. You know what? You know what? I know why they had to do it. It was an extra page for uh, ads that was in the original. Oh, for the for the two page spread that's coming up. Yeah, because in the absolute, in other issues, I think that they don't they don't have that problem. In the absolute, they put in like. Uh these little blank pages that are like pieces yeah. of the cover and stuff to set up two page spreads. Yeah. But I think for the compendium, they probably were like, Oh, it's like, you know, the thing isn't right. So they probably just added this. Yeah. Yeah. This shot I mean, looks like a, like a completely different era. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick as fuck, but it's just like, it's, it does stand out as like, Oh, that's, that's a crazy splash page for them to add in here. But also like, I like the pacing in the original better. Cause it's just like, tip, 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 thunk. And then you turn the page and it's fucking zealot. One last, one last pinup. We'll go sideways for the boys. Like it and is we get, wild. Yeah, maybe more absolute babe even than Void. Like, I don't know. Let's rank the babes now that we've seen them all. Yeah, Zealot is way up. Like, because she, she's <laughs> tough like a Xena, right? Like, she's badass as fuck. And she's also just, like, very pretty. The, maybe the biggest thighs in the whole book. And she's got, yeah, like, that. Crazy ass. She's got that pixie think, haircut like McConnell from Northern Exposure. Like, she's doing the whole yeah, thing. I, I think Jim Lee judges uh, how beautiful a woman is by how tall she is, <laughs> and I think she's the hey, tallest. Like, tight, like 
tight weight. Tight waist, thick ass, give him whiplash. That's Jim Lee's model, bro. <laughs> My man Jim Lee is a short king, and I bet he only does get with just like babes that are like outrageously tall. I think yes. you're right, for sure. Um, and it, sh- it, and it that shows owns. in that next p- page, like you see Emp oh, next yeah. to Zila, and Emp doesn't even get to her like pussy <laughs> like not even he would have to go tippy toes to... disrespecting women again bro i can't believe you everyone say i'm not direct... what is what is disrespectful about about saying pussy what's Come on, bro. wrong there, with that there are more respectful terms to call that that's what you call somebody her being hoo-ha? a coward that's not should what i say her hoo-ha? vagina vagina <laughs> the vagina's inside vagina. i would be like you'd have to get if we're getting technical i mean you could have said crotch no and we all could have just gone about our day you know, yeah, you had right. to make it weird. Sorry to the ladies listening. They say, yeah, oh, sorry to the... Uh, you know, we got a pretty decent... Yeah. We got yeah, pretty decent yeah. women. I was going to say all the one, but no, that's not true of our podcast. Yeah, no, we're we're an inclusive, progressive podcast this with is, a toxic, problematic You're co-host. toxic. Don't say we, first of all. You're the one that the people are complaining about. But um, <laughs> in general, I am pretty good, and I kind of balance out your toxicity. Yeah. You're, Anyways, you're, let's you're talk about this rude. babe. <laughs> <laughs> he I... barely comes up over her knees. Like she's incredibly tall. Well, first of all, I want to talk about the explanation, the, the the description they give of her. Born mm-hmm. born a coda, a woman who knows no fear. Sex and violence rolled together with a bad attitude. Fucking cool, babe. What an absolute fucking babe. She says, "Greetings, brother Grifter." Sick fucking. Uh, Blade out in front. It's it's one of my favorite things in like a Frank Quietly cover for uh, Judge Dredd. That that uh that Asian shit cover. I can't remember the name of the thing. Uh, Tokyo. Yeah, I know what you're other. talking about, but I forgot the name. The thin line sword is the sickest thing because it's like that sword like, is sharpest. Straight spot. on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then she's got like a boomerang thing behind her. I don't really know what the she's got like weird like things behind her that don't make much sense but i love but that's what she stabs that, the guy with yeah, i love that it. so like there was electra and they ripped off electra to make psylocke and they mixed off both of them to make this chick and they kind of have the like uh klaus jansen like mark making mm. and those things behind her mm-hmm. yeah, very nice. tight yeah there's absolutely no reasonable explanation for why that's rendered that way other than <laughs> as an homage i also love the uh like there's a there's a secondary light source coming up her crotch, yeah. and I don't really know why. I don't know what's lighting that, but I'm not mad at it. Shimley's sure. heart is lighting it. <laughs> there might be a Again, third a third light source and a fourth on this thing. Like this shit is just shiny as fuck. Yeah, yeah. no. Like if if you look at the the breast lighting as well, there's like three at least yeah. three light lights on. And the, on this, no, it's not the moon because that is way back there behind her. So it's some other some headlights or something maybe there's a car coming I, I feel like this this shot was also like not controversial but i i would see it a lot as like a, a drawing that got swiped like oh a sure lot. Hmm. you know the uh oh sorry i forgot what i was gonna say oh the uh, one more complaint about my wildcats thing so we have a similar thing where she shows up to save the day zealot but, like, they're like, oh, and she's wearing her clothes from the other book that he had done, Wildstorm, which was, you know, the the artist on that's really good and everything. But he just gave her, like, a suit with, like, a red trench coat. And her name wasn't Zealot. It was, like, whatever her name is. And I was just like, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Just no fun allowed. <laughs> like, can I not? Can we just not give her the zealots costume or like something similar to that? Could she but, get in an explosion and the zealot costume is just what she wears underneath all this stuff? Cause yeah, because she says, oops, I got to be zealot now and just yeah. like takes off the jacket and then she's wearing this underneath. It's go time. Yeah. But I like, anyways. I like that she talks like Dr. Cornell West. She just calls everybody <laughs> I brother. <love> yeah. <laughs> brother Grifta. That's how I read it now in my head. <laughs> Greetings, brother Grifta. Yeah. I, again, I caught that I too, be... that she always calls him brother Grifter. And he's like, he's like, well, I, I wouldn't say brother. We kind of like, we're not. It's like, no, brother Grifter. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's like, no, just like. But not like blood brother, like, you know, like, we could still, like, you know, have a romantic relationship like, brother grifter. <laughs> yeah. I've always just sort of seen you like a brother grifter. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, but something more than that. He's like, no, brother. From now on, I'm just hearing this in Cornell West voice, though. <laughs> all of her lines. I just want to black a little gap in her teeth right there. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, did we qualify? Did, uh, like, I... I if we're respecting women, I don't know if we should be like ranking hottest babes. But are, <laughs> we're not making them. This? Whoa, 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 whoa! We're not ranking them like most to least hot. We're just talking about which is the coolest. This isn't about. First of all, they're all drawn exactly the same. They just have different <laughs> hair. <and clothes. laughs> it's not like it's not like they are real we're, life women. You realize we're ranking that, right? their vibes. We're ranking I know to their you, vibes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so highest one you're saying grift. Uh, you're saying zealot. Yeah. Uh, I like I like Voodoo. You like Voodoo? What about Void? She's last. I mean, Void is just too cold. I like Damaged Women. I'll put Void first. <laughs> Crazy. She, I... sh- she shattered inside. There's something attractive about Ooh. that to me. The distant inhumanity. So, like, we haven't talked about it, but this show, this comic, spawned a cartoon, an action figure line, a video game. Yeah. There's probably lunchboxes. It was even a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> this was truly a multimedia uh, endeavor. Yeah. And one thing I absolutely hated is that in the cartoon, they took this babe and they gave her the high ponytail from Warblade that Warblade oh, also had. Yeah. Hated it. Because, like, she, to me, so hot, such a sick babe with that short hair. Yeah. And then. Short hair with, like, five long hairs. Yeah. Up front. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they gave her long hair, and it was kind of like, oh, she's less cool now. Like that was such an edgy look to have the short hair, yeah, and to have her just be like another long hair babe. I thought uh, wasted. And yeah, they also this like here, it looks so much better. Uh, Voodoo's costume, which is basically like another one of these bathing suits, they gave her like full yellow bodysuit underneath it. They basically just gave her Rogue's costume, but without the jacket. And I, again, I thought, why? Yeah, it, like it's yeah. stupid. But I get it because you can't have you can't have the hottest kids. babes ever on a children's cartoon. Yeah, not safe for kids. Yeah, these like yeah. bikini cut uh, weapons, uh, swimming suits. I don't think like you can't does, put that. Does does Emp show up in the cartoons like smoking cigars and shit? I wonder if he was he's smoking. There. He was in it. For I don't know sure. if he's smoking, but he's in there. Um. Yeah. The the other thing that's interesting about the cartoon is when they did that, they made uh, Warblade the the main sort of like it's not voodoo that's the entry character it's warblade like Ugh. he's like just a dude who's hanging out in an apartment and they they he's the jubilee like he's the one that <laughs> yeah. you follow into the into the wild bros they're like if this that's, is for boys that's... who's going to want to follow this stripper on her adventure <laughs> i think he was even like an artist or something and he's just like whoa 
dude, I'm in the Wildcats. <laughs> and in the comic, he's just Blades guy. Like yeah. from this issue, he's just the guy who shows up with some blades. Let me tell you something. In pretty much every issue, he's just the guy that shows up with blades. They don't do a whole lot with them. <laughs> yeah, screen hair. In fairness to why. In fairness to them, there's like a lot of them. Yeah, the ponytail really does add a lot of character. The Ariana Grande thing. Yeah. So so they're all like they're ta- uh, Lord M sees the dominatrix ninja alien warrior princess, um, and he's like, "What up?" Yeah. <laughs> like, he fixes his tie. He's like, "You don't know me, but uh, I'm kind of a big deal." And she's like. <laughs> Oh, listen! I know everything about what you're going through. I've been doing this. I'm the I'm the Caribbeans. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she kind of starts explaining the struggle, and while she, while she's doing that, they forget that the other Coda, one of the other Amazonians, that's part of the tribe of Amazonian warriors that Zealot is from. She is on the ground like this bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's the one explodes. that explodes. That Warblade like ripped in half, but she's still like suffering, bleeding out. Yeah, she's yeah. The, she's the one that Grifter shot s- s- straight across the the stomach. Hold on, yeah, I think right? she's that one. She's the Nagel one. Oh, well, the Warblade so one. Didn't have... the... No, they all have sunglasses. They're all oh, okay, they're then. all the same. They're all <laughs> the same. But anyway, she explodes the city block. That that's the present. That's the thing. Yeah, she sets off. With, she's like, I'm going to take them all out. I'll finish my mission, and she blows up Georgetown. Which we knew was going to explode from page one. Incredible. Right. We They set it up. It all comes page back one, together. Well, page two. Page two. Yeah. And then we cut to Hellspawn, that devious piece of shit. He said he had a in, guy inside at DC. Yep. And he says, the worst is over. He says, the rest is up to you now. To the, like, he's talking to his boy. This his mole. mole inside DC. Yeah. The mole says, the worst is over, Hellspawn, with the Caribbean's dead. Anyone else by comparison will be small potatoes. And then Hellspont goes like, and Project Reunification? What have you heard from McCoy? Crazy spelling of McCoy, but that's the name of the <laughs> Arctic yeah, uh, the, researcher in the, the beginning. Wilford Brimley in the beginning. Yeah. It could be like, McCoy. McCoy. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it turns around and we got Jim Lee's portrait of Dan Quayle, the vice president of the United <laughs> States of America. He totally rules. At this point, was he a legendary dumbass because of the Murphy Brown shit? Yeah, but he misspelled potato. He was, and he misspelled potato. Yeah. He's just America's laughingstock idiot vice president. Yeah. And he says, everything's right on schedule. I'll have access to the NASA security passes within 24 hours. Of course, I'll have to check with Marilyn just to make sure... His beautiful wife, Marilyn. Marilyn Quayle. And then we go, next issue, shoots and ladders, questions and answers. <laughs> what? Shoots and ladders? For real? He's like, uh, what are we going to call the next one? Uh, I don't know. Shoots and ladders, questions and answers? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Then they change it to Revelations, because that's where we learn about all the yeah. alien stuff. And, you know, you learn more about the IO. You learn more about the, everything. And the next issue is... If the next issue was the first issue, this this episode would have been so much shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have just been info. answers. We would yeah. have known what, what happened. Yeah. So I thought absolute banger first issue, absolute classic comic by Jim Lee. What what are your guys' takes? Well, it, it like as far as I'm concerned, I'm bummed that I didn't read this first when I was a kid because, like I said, I got I got these like out of order, so I knew that they survived past yeah. issue one. 
But as far as I was concerned, <laughs> like at the end of this issue, it could have just been like, well, I guess next team there will be new Wildcats. You know, like <laughs> they got blown up. Every every issue there's going to be a new team. And yeah. They just die at the end. That's a comic I'd like to read. Like just an issue of a team, super badass babes, and then they just explode at the end into it. I'm looking I'm looking at the issue one cover. And I I think uh, part of maybe why Ramon likes um, Spartan so much He's is because guy. his his like thigh strap has like an "I'm with her" arrow. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> I I I, just, I I can't stop looking at it. Like I don't know what the design purpose of having that arrow there would be. Like that's for when he puts it on, so he knows where the where the clasp is. Probably, for, probably for fascinating. Um, but I, I honestly I I think that this is great just as a as a historical document because. I don't know. I like. I don't know if this cover is iconic or if it's just extremely representative of its era. It's fairly iconic. Um, I saw somebody. Try, we saw somebody trying to homage it earlier this year, and it was a real swing and a miss. You remember that one, Ramon? It was yeah. like a. It was like an Evil Dead cover. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I I I don't know what cover you're referring to, but it's it's just like characters. Together, the pose, I, I don't know if the pose necessarily is the most iconic thing ever or if it's just very representative representative of its era. It, it's, it's, it's hard for me to distinguish one from the other, maybe because it's so influential. Yeah. Um, but a lot of what uh, Jim Lee does in this book and a lot of what Brandon Choi, like, I feel like we should then be giving Brandon Choi some credit for, like, the parts of the book that became, like, uh, were, were interesting or you could see, like, more thought being well, we, I mean, like, it's hard to separate intrigue, that kind of intrigue. stuff when you have a co-writing situation. I would have to imagine that Jim Lee uh, was doing a lot of that, too. <laughs> like, I don't want to cr- overcredit Brandon Choi, but I do think it's interesting how much interesting shit is in here that like you know it didn't have to be like you can read the other image comics oh we will i mean we're going to talk about Mm. the other ones but you know i i feel like it's weightier than it than it needs to be considering what it is and also considering how little people think of these books they all think they're very dumb but in fact it's talking about like you know libya the cia like you know yeah talking about langley talking about like you know reaganomics Reaganomics. It has Dan Quayle in it as a villain. Yeah. Like, I feel like from from the first page to the the last page, it feels like uh, almost like a complete era has passed. Like in terms of the coloring, <laughs> the coloring on the first page is very basic, and then when you get to the the two page spread of Zealot, it almost looks like uh, a <laughs> sorry who? Oh, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> Like I've oh, always wow. pronounced it like Zealot or Zealot uh, because I, as a uh, like, if you're living in a country where people don't speak English all the hey, time, there's a whole off, bunch bro. of words that it. one has to guess on how they sound. You learn it by reading. And so, yeah, we know that. Uh, so, Let's go. I, I I read it as Zealot for the longest time. 
Sure. Um, but this the spread where she shows up feels like a completely different um book. Yeah. In terms of the coloring, like it feels like it yeah. coloring like modernized throughout the span of this first issue. Should ask Pete Woods how long it took the computer to render this page. <laughs> he has answers for us on that. It must have taken forever. I mean, that th- that is something I was thinking about as I was reading all of this. Is like, for a book done in like 1992, uh, this is real. Like, this is really good coloring. Like, uh, everything is. You should see the Alex and Claire pages, though. I saw some <laughs> of them, and I, I, I. Tripping. I love those. All my love to you, Ramon. I respect <laughs> your opinions and things. But I feel like this is one of those few cases where I really like this like old coloring. I yeah. need to I need to bring Big Galette back. He'll agree with me. He hates this old shit. <laughs> uh, actually one one uh problematic opinion that I might have is that I like the Flex Mentalo recolor. I like it too. I love oh, okay, it. Okay, cool. You're all right. Here. I guess we won't. What's I that? guess we won't argue about that. Was that Tony? I said you're all right here, and you're not going to get in trouble for that sort of thing. Nah, you're good. So here's my takeaway. I mm-hmm. love this book because it kind of starts off telling you that everything we know about the world is a lie. That elites rule everything, and uh, even above the sort of like the CIA, the FBI, like all that shit, it creates another level where we have the IO and then it creates another level with the Caribbeans and the Damonites and all that shit. And like, it just kind of keeps building layers of like secrets and knowledge. And, you know, it tells you that, uh, power doesn't come from money because Marlo has that. And he, you know, is still does, is still like, doesn't know what his purpose is. It doesn't come from, you know, it doesn't come from power or force. I mean, sorry, it doesn't come from force because, you know, Grifter is one of the biggest badasses ever. You know, Spartan, Maul, the the Wild Boys, they could beat the fuck out of anybody, and they're just pawns in this system. It doesn't come from sex. It doesn't come from anything other than than having this knowledge. And the book, in the first issue, takes all that away from the reader and just keeps building these, like, layers and layers of suspense. And I saw some idiot reviews that were just like, oh, it's confusing, it's confusing. Yeah, no shit. It's supposed to be. It's intentionally that way. Like it's intentionally like whipping you around time, space, and like it's hard to understand because like the real world is hard to understand. It's not the X Men. It's it's superheroes for adults, and I think that it's interesting because it's superheroes for adults that was primarily made for children. Right. <laughs> like if I was a kid, yeah. this would be the most adult thing I ever read. There's like just badass dudes with like fucking you know, beard, stubble, everybody looks roughly the same age, which is like adult. No, 30, <laughs> like 35 once you get years past old. 30. Yeah. Every, every guy looks about 35. Every woman looks about 25, yeah. you know, the, the, despite age and, you know, circumstances, except for that little Italian. If you're old, if you're old, you look like a really strong 40 year old with <laughs> yeah. white hair. But like at its core, this book is like a nihilistic, sort of fantasy about like giving up and, and giving into the systems uh, unless you want to rage against them. But you know, there's only so much of that you can do like grifter and zealot have been doing this for so long and they get co-opted by the halo, the halo corporation and the IO and all the shit to just like go along with, with that, with that, uh, with the games that they're, that they're playing, you know? Um, 
Yeah, so it's just like, you know, uh, trying to attain power is pointless. The world's going to go on without you. The systems are in place. And the best that you can hope to do is just find your place within them, which is what every character in this book is doing as they become part of the Wildcats. And I think that's interesting, though, because Jim Lee, when he did this book, had just left the system, the, right. the comic system. He did the X-Men books. He was the number one guy in comics at Marvel on the highest selling book ever. And he, he like, la he branches out to do it and he creates his own thing. And then where does his own thing end up? DC comics. Yeah. Like he eventually is just like, yeah, yeah, this is like the, the best way to do is to find your place in the system. And the high, the, 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 be the biggest level, the highest bar that you can cross over is to just run your own section of Warner Media, he, Warner Entertainment. He's the brother grifter now. Like they just came along, they found him out here being the best at what he do, and they just pulled they pulled it back into their team. Now he gets to work for yeah. that shit. Uh, one thing that I found really interesting um, when I was reading the the Morrison script, uh, not the Morrison script, the Morrison issue that he did with Jim Lee. Again, tragically, just one issue, but like so fucking tight. Yeah. If you if you if you read this and you like this one, read read that one because it's like it's it's like a sequel to a movie that we never get to finish watching. What were you gonna say? It's the second shortest Wildcats run. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Tony, that's beautiful. Uh, so he says the world, as it does with everything, found a place for the super people. First they fought crime, then they fought one another, then they fought the system, then finally they became the system. A branded superhero team that is the acceptable face of the global machine state it has planned for us all. And Morrison, in his in his att attempt at sort of like tackling the Wildcats, sort of uh, wrote about the... He wanted to make this an adult superhero. Like, all superhero uh, books before this uh, were... Uh, child's power fantasies and he wanted to make an adult power fantasy which is like just building off of all the ideas that were in this stuff and specifically the uh joe casey uh dustin win stuff yeah. where uh marlo's gone and that's mostly about um the halo corporation spartan is the main character and he becomes the ceo and uh that book is about him taking the next level uh, uh uh that's about him making like a battery that never runs out of energy and in the morrison thing it's what if everybody could own a superhero and i think it's like pretty prescient in the way it talks about sort of like the way people uh in real life interact with like the mcu and this like like you know like a corporate machine globe uh the global machine state that he talks about in this thing it's, it's pretty cool i'm gonna have to give it another look the uh also there's like a great scene in the second issue where it's just a script in the absolute one where there's uh the mall is the vice president um to like a hillary clinton first female president he got Morrison got that one a little wrong. I think he thought Hillary was going to win because he, he was like, it's Hillary Clinton mixed with Madeleine Albright, just like a piece of shit, like neoliberal president. And like, uh, mall is like, a uh, her vice president. That's sort of like out of place. And then, um, there's a, 
it's it's basically about Spartan is going to turn Halo Corporation into a mega conglomerate, and there are competing corporations that are fighting back against him. And one of them is a media company that's run by a guy who's Rupert, Rupert Murdoch mixed with Donald Trump. One of them is like the owner of a Walmart type company. He's like Walmart or Tesco. And it's like a, he says again, like a Hillary Clinton type figure. And then uh, lastly, like a, a weak, like nerd that's like Silicon Valley. And it's like the three of them are going up against uh, Spartan. It's pretty sick. It's pretty awesome. Oh, and it's uh, Spartan and Voodoo just, like, getting back together and, like, fucking in the first issue. It's, like, <laughs> the whole thing. So, patrons, if you want to see uh, Ramon uh, do some of that... I'll do it. What's I'll the... Fuck, I'll fucking do... You know that, you know that meme of Goofy uh, going, I'll fucking do it again! <laughs> you think... What's the patron goal? Draw... Like, what do they have to get to for you to do this? Uh... I think like I think like two fifty is reasonable. That's like a page rate, right? Yeah. So like two fifty for pencils, and then I'll I'll put up like one one a month, just like I did the uh, Wildcats <laughs> issue that I drew. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be it'll be just like you're working on the on your Wildcats run. And if you want to see my Wildcats issue, um, there is a preview on our Patreon now. Uh, you have to it's patrons only but it's there and some other comics some other Enticing. fine comics that never i did that never came out but anyways yeah this this book uh super ambitious uh, you you put it all very succinctly like you did a good wrap-up on it but i just wanted to talk just mention real quickly how fucking crazy ambitious this thing is like it's yeah they jump void ha- lives outside of time and so they're jumping around in time within, like, immediately. Like, on page two, you're in a different time than on page one. Like, it's just all over the place. She's got that power going on. Then you find out that Lord Emp is, like, he's been around forever. Then you meet the the heroes and the villains in this global conflict who are apparently angels and demons. But as far as we know, just, like, aliens and Xenas. And they are just been yeah. fighting each other forever. And then, like, the toughest Charles Bronson shows up. And he he rescues a stripper, like it's just. I, I really consider him more like a Kurt Russell, but yeah. yeah, for sure, more of that era. But yeah, like all these things that could be their own movie, like every one of these things could just be their own book. But I mean, literally, they were all other books and movies. Yeah, they could all be those. They, they were those actually. Like every one of them has a full concept that could be it's like that could sustain itself as a comic book or a movie. You know, like yeah. And then I think Maul's deal is like he's a half breed of the two species, right? Something like that. I, there's like there's so much there's so much going on, and this first thing just wraps up with like them fighting everybody like everybody just fights each other and then it's just like all right well now we're gonna do more wildcat stuff and it doesn't it's like (laughs) there's no succinct wrap-up like the the like i said the the last two issues were split apart because it was supposed to be one issue but he he writes in the thing that the tops trading cards that they wanted to include weren't finished yet (laughs) so he's like so we'll bring those out next month but uh you know Wait for this one. The next one's going to be sick. Uh, and yeah, it's just like a crazy fight. And then, yeah, the other like intelligence officer, like the IO officer with the big sideburns that shows up at one point in this issue. Um, he's just like, huh, well, I'll be. They did it. And it just kind of moves on. Oh, and and 
my guy Spartan gets blown up and Voodoo is so bummed because she was like feeling his energy. And then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lord M is like, no, don't worry about it. He's a robot. She's like, what? (laughs) He's like, you didn't know? She starts putting it together. She's just looking at all the, like having flashbacks. Son of a gun. He was, he was too nice to be a human guy. In the Morrison thing, there's an awesome moment where like the, the owner of Walmart is like, she's, she's like, she's ranting to like the Donald Trump and the Steve Jobs about how she wants to destroy Halo Corporation and make Spartan her sex her uh, sex robot. <laughs> that book is that, that uh, reread that shit, Tony, that shit is insane. Yeah, I'll look at it tonight <clears throat> for sure. But yeah, uh, I, I like that you said that that was a good wrap up time because you, you always hit me when you've listened to these that you're like, you know, you wrapped it up and then you just kept going. <laughs> I know. I, I'm the one that kept going this time. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you had a good wrap up and then you just kept talking. <laughs> I'm I was sorry, dude. Was like, These uh... last couple minutes are when, when it gets fun. Like, it's hard to wrap it up when we're uh, sometimes talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very important that I say it was ambitious. I really had to get that in. <laughs> Why is that? Why do you feel that? <laughs> yeah, it's Wildcats. It's definitely ambitious. It's not, not important it's a, at all. Is... That's why. That's why I'm always telling Daniel, like, yeah, why'd you just talk about the cover? Like, I don't. Who cares? <laughs> I sometimes I gotta get my shit off. That's it's hey, a fact. Who can Who can blame you? Me, not me. What do you think no, is definitely. the most? If like this is not the most iconic of the image covers, what's the most iconic image? Number one. Spawn. It's gotta be one. spawn number one. Yeah. No, yeah. there's no question there. Yeah. Spawn number one. It has the coloring by my guy, uh, Ken Stacy. Uh, yeah, Ken Stacy yeah. got his shit off. Um, it's it's one guy first of all. It's like very simple. It's the most like graphically sort of pleasing of all of them. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like I feel like this Wildcats cover is a little bit more representative of like Youngblood. It looks like a Youngblood cover. It looks like yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, you're going back to you're getting your shit off again. Sorry, you brought it up. <laughs> Who brought it up again? You. You, you did. Ramon was just criticizing Anyways, you having brought it up the first time. Let's wrap it up. Let's come on. It's wrap up time. It's wrap. Oh, okay. We're getting wrap wrap oh, up time. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. So, anyways, yeah. Any other stuff you want to talk about? Oh, we we wanted to do an emergency broadcast. Daniel, you wanted to give some warnings about people talking shit about AOC. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you for bringing this up. There's some people who are uh, AOC's life is under threat and this is like completely like no sarcasm this is my um i won't i won't say what my specific relation to aoc is (laughs) uh none let's let's just say i'm i'm very fond of her and i i I made a bond a holy bond let's just say is we have a holy bond she calls you brother daniel yes (laughs) And and the people who are are saying the shit are are getting me in in the kind of mood where I'm about to like reappropriate the Punisher on them. Bringing it wow. back. I'm gonna oh, take their Punisher, who is Puerto Rican in my mind, um, <laughs> from the Thomas Jane movie. It, it's clear that the Punisher is Puerto Rican, and I'm bringing it back, and I'm gonna. Uh, Say things that I can't say on the podcast. Basically, well, there you have it. An issue, an issue has been. Uh, no, a warning has been issued. Vague a warning threats. has been issued that is vague, vague enough to not get this podcast investigated. And one, th- one more thing before we before we start really wrapping up 
is uh, we have some iTunes reviews. Oh. New reviews? Yeah. So, you know, every time we get an iTunes review, I like to make a point to read it on the show to see what the listeners are, are feeling, you know, sort of what the what the energy is. And so we got one from Zach Soto. Oh, Zach Soto from Oni Comics. Huh, I, uh, shout out. I know that guy. Yeah, they, uh, they're the ones who killed my... my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they're coming in, they're, they're coming in to uh, shoot down your project and give you like harsh reviews or something? What's happening? Well, they gave us a four-star review, <gasps> Zach Soto did. I, I felt like we could have got a five-star review. We could have gotten a five Wow. Zach says, I listened to the Longbow Hunters up, and it was fun. Good chat and great guest. Oh, sh- thank you so much. That was when we had, of course, Alana, and uh, yeah, Daniel was very Alana problematic, very rude, very toxic. Um, <laughs> one thing that really stood out was how much that guy Raymond Skilo Lobos needs to clam up. Huh. First of all, my name is Ramon Villalobos. That is imperialism talking from Zach Soto. He's he can't uh, he can't be uh, imperial or racist. We've talked about this. If he's Puerto Rican or Puerto Rican adjacent, you can say whatever you want. No, false. He says that Ramon Skilo Lobos needs to clam up and let his Boricuan bro speak. Mm. The fuck? I, who's Boricuan? Boricuan, that's me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is no, that you? It, like Boricuan is so hilarious because it's like taking a uh, Puerto Rican. And and taking Boricua, which is uh, also our word, uh, and make and like like saying it in English. Like if you're Boricua, you're just Boricua. But Boricuan is like the Rican or like New Yorkian equivalent of that. Oh, so no wonder this guy has a problem with me. He's, yeah, no, he's uh, totally he's caping. A, he's, a he's totally caping right now. And much respect he's... to Sagasoto. I, I, and he gave us a four star review. That's 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 the part that's like if if. You really love me, man. If if you think that I, you should next time you want to shit on me, feel free to give us a five star yeah. review. It'd be just as funny. He says had to take a star off my rating because it was clear bias against poor Daniel. Holy just shit. because he lives on an island. No, no, no. So he's punishing that is not me. Why there he's is still a bias punishing against me with Daniel. the review, though. Yeah, the yeah you're still stars. punishing Daniel with the review, but you're also uh, you're misrepresenting the situation, Daniel. Has a repeated history of being toxic against women, against being a, about being a racist. Ramon's Puerto here to Ricans. keep me in check. Daniel was like the girl who beat up that that teenager. <laughs> yes, that, with this... daddy on her. She said, "Oh, I can't be racist because I'm, you know, Puerto Rican, yep. Italian, Greek." As kept... soon as she mentioned that she's Puerto Rican, I'm like, "Oh, okay, case case dismissed." <laughs> he just kept screaming out the word "pussy" this episode, like over and over again. <laughs> It's he part was, of my heritage, man. Yeah. It's okay. He said he said somebody was friend zoned. Yeah. Um Wait, when did I when did I bring up friend zoning? Brother Was Voodoo. it like I can't remember. I'm pretty sure you said it though cuz you're toxic. I yeah, no. I I probably am, but that's it's it's my Puerto Rican heritage said to be a little bit simping. sexist. Yeah, but sexism. So that's sh- thank you for listening Zach Soto. No thank you for a review. I feel like it's a little harsh to give us a four-star review. Breaks my heart, man. How are you going to give us a four-star? We earned a a five-star review. But you know what? I'll take this one on the chin, Daniel. I know that that Soto was trying to hurt you, Ramon, but he hurt me too. Right. You know, and he hurt hurt me twice because they killed my Oni book. Yeah. It was him. He personally did it. It wasn't James Lucas Jones. Shout out to James Lucas Jones. I love him. He sent me a beautiful <laughs> Christmas card this this, this mm. year. 
Oh, well, it's from the whole Oni staff, but I don't think I saw Zack Soto's name on it. He purposefully didn't sign it. Right. So, um, I, I can't believe that. I wish he would have put um, uh, your the rejection of your pitch in that iTunes review, <laughs> just like at the yeah. bottom. We're not going to move also forward with this book. Any projects <laughs> coming up uh, will not be accepted or, or wanted or... Uh, just go. Feel free to go fuck yourself. That's the move, man. If you start rejecting pitches in iTunes reviews, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. If you're someone, if you're like an editor or someone's boss, and you go onto their podcast and you go into their reviews to be like, "This is why you don't work hard." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oni, Oni, Zach Soto. Listen, as an editor at Oni, I know. I don't know if you're a power player. I don't know if you can actually. I don't know if you have the power to cancel books, but. It, if if any of the other people that you've canceled books from have a podcast, uh, go tell them to go fuck off too. That would yeah. be sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, <laughs> why, be nice why am to I me. getting? Why am I the only one taking this abuse? Yeah, just because yeah. Daniel's toxic. That's crazy. No, he. Uh, I think so. I I agree with Soto a little bit that I <laughs> I'm a cool good guy. So we got another review. Oh wait, Zach Soto. The article of the the uh, headline of that was need. More Puerto Rican energy. Mm. I got I got special news for you. Daniel, for once, has decided to not let me run this show. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna produce. He's gonna make one of the I'm next cooking, episodes happen. I'm cooking a Puerto Rican episode. It's gonna be some mofongo, carne frita, plantanos, <laughs> plantanos, <laughs> plátano. Yeah, plantanos. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's not gonna be spicy so, because there will Puerto be more Ricans, Puerto Rican like energy coming shit. up soon. Daniel's bringing that, and then we got another review: the good stuff from Mayday Trip. They they're gonna be on the show too. Yeah, Mayday. Uh, yeah. We need to we need to schedule that. I was talking to them uh, recently, but like the the Hollows comic that that they're putting out is great. Um, yeah. I think especially considering that he was so uh vocal Say. during apologies sorry they they were so vocal during the el- election period uh i think they're definitely a voice that we want to get in here to uh just just shit on <laughs> shit on the establishment <laughs> a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. what was the review what well, was the review tony tony is a warren supporter so i'm trying to take it easy on that all right uh, firebrand stuff that we Listen. normally do <laughs> We're 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 gonna get so, in, we're gonna get into war in a, at two hours fifty five. No no no. Yeah. Mayday, let's talk. The, Mayday says. Mayday. Mayday says. Love these dudes art for years. Dudes. Quip apostrophe. Eh, more me probably. <laughs> Listening to their show feels like hanging out with Comic Con buddies. Highly recommended, especially now. The good stuff. Five stars. Well, I love that review. I like that. It love seems you, like Mayday. you're hanging out with friends. That's the kind of positive energy that I like to bring to this. Um, Daniel Moore, toxicity, uh, sexism, hatred of women. That's kind of what he brings to the table. But I'm, but I'm so soft and small. How can I, how could I be toxic if I'm so innocent? Yeah, you, you round you know off the sharp edges. Soft and small? Is what I thought. You know what else is soft and small? The uh, <laughs> coronavirus. Yeah. yeah, the coronavirus is is the same. You're wow. basically that. That's how toxic. And look I at am. how much trouble that's caused. Yeah. No, you're right. Shout out, Mini Trip, though. <laughs> Yeah, no. Shout out Mayday Trip. Shout out Zach Soto. Shout out Thanks Hollows. for listening. And so, shout out to our, you know, new Patreon uh, subscriber. Because without you, you know, like this is like PBS listener funded. So, you know, thanks again. We got a, I think we got another one or two. So, uh, you know, we're on my way to making me draw uh, Wildcats number two. 
Give me that. What, give me that microphone first. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> got to wait. Hey, listen. After I draw twenty-two pages, then you get the Ramon's, microphone. Ramon's doing uh, all these goals and things. Just find some way to like not send me any Patreon money. He's like, no, no, no. How about no, no, no? no. You'll get Patreon. Hey, I have to draw. You'll, you'll a get whole the microphone. Comic. Listen. You'll get the microphone. You'll get your Patreon After money. The I'm comic. trying to incentivize that happening by telling people I'm going to do something dumb. Mm. Okay, that's me being helpful to the podcast. Long what game. do you do Long other game. than for once you're going to bring in some new guest? For once you're going to plan the episode. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, well, we'll see. A lot of people are saying take it or leave that episode. <laughs> <laughs> they they're already have their hands up on the episode that hasn't even come out. They don't know if it's going to be good or not. Anyways, Tony, you got any projects you want to promote on the show? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, pre-order Stray Dogs. You still got a couple more days to do that. Uh, FOC is right. on Monday. When's the, when's the cutoff date? Monday, the whatever this Monday, the 18th, the 15th, 18th yeah. 15th, 18th. Whatever that day is, that's how long you have. Yeah. But this should be up pretty soon. So. And if you don't get to pre-order, so, just make sure you buy it when it comes out. Uh, yes. Yeah. Image Comics. There's some talk. You know, there's some talk about there being a fantastic movie coming out uh, based on it. Fingers crossed. And, uh, you know, hopefully let's knock on wood. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But um, what about any other projects? No other. I mean, I'm working on My Little Pony and Rick and Morty 2 right now. Um, but, you know. It's huge. Now you're no, writing those. I'm just drawing them. I'm not writing them. Oh, you're. An... I didn't even know you did art anymore. I thought you were just mainly <laughs> just writing. Only stuff. writing. No, I still draw. I'm still. <laughs> I still get paid to draw and write for free until until I get this money from Image. So beautiful! Yeah. Shout out to Image Comics. Thank you again for Wildcats Image Comics. Oh, what a blessing! I really appreciated that. From My Wildcats to we... Stray Dogs. Yeah. Oh, look at that! Where can they follow you on Twitter, Tony Fleece? Oh, at Tony Fleece on Twitter. I'm on Instagram too. Uh, yeah, Facebook, Facebook, but that's just mostly you know where I keep up with my cousins and stuff. You go on any brony forum kind of things that where they can. Uh, not so much anymore. There's Equestria Daily for my bronies out there. I think that's still popping. Shout out. Feel free to hey, reach listen, out to me there. I want to respect. I want to respect the bronies. I don't want them to feel like they got cheated out. I got to represent the homies. For sure, I'm working on My Little Pony uh, '96 and '97 right now, so I'm still there for you. Don't downplay it. Now that you got famous, don't forget who br- who brought you to this moment. Still here, never left. Still doing that same shit. The motherfuckers love you. They do. I've seen the I've seen the love in person. <laughs> you have you've seen some of the best some of the best bronies that I've ever interacted with for sure. Some, some one time Daniel, we were hanging out in Stockton at a Stockton con, and uh, he was drawing, and a brony came up with a um, what did she have? What was that? Like a standing? Oh, she had like a cello. Uh, cello, yeah. Whoa. She had a cello. So I'm working, and then suddenly I, I hear cello music, and I look up. And Tony's just casually chilling, drawing, and there's a woman playing a cello next to him Serenading for like me. I don't, yeah, just like kind of vibing. I was like, "What is going on with over there?" <laughs> there's a pony that plays a cello, and she said it's she like, saw she saw a picture of that pony online, and that's what made her fall in love with the show. And so when she heard I was coming to Stockton, she wanted to come play cello for me. Very well. It was like Ramon had fallen asleep, and this was like something he was dreaming. He uh, at the con, he just yeah. looked to the side. Someone's playing a cello. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one last, uh, one last thing. I, uh, we're gonna start doing. We're gonna try to do some like shorter, like the Flintalo Supreme episodes that we talked about. I want to get these cracking off like, at least a couple times a month. But 
Um, I, one of these times we got to talk about the Ash story on that. Time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll tell you all about that. Well, can we do that? And can we do the uh, the Justice League porno set? I don't think in a post Warren Ellis world I can reveal the Justice League porno set story anymore. It's so problematic right. and filthy. <laughs> we gotta say no. It, it's fine if it's on the Patreon. Yeah, it's all, that's behind, oh, the, behind, paywall. The, pay- behind the paywall. Behind the paywall. Everybody's yeah. safe behind the paywall. That would never get out. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> all right, yeah. you're right. You, you, <laughs> I might edit that out. Though. You had to be there. We'll talk about the ashes though. for sure. Okay, uh, Danny, where can they follow you? Ah, uh, you can find me on on the socials, Daniel Irizarry. Uh Don't find me on Facebook either. Uh, that's that's where I'm with my family and stuff, but. Uh, Twitter, Instagram. Daniel's actually been kicked off of Facebook because of remarks made on uh, January 6, 2021. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm saying don't find me on Facebook. I'm yeah. trying to downplay it. Um, and you can follow me at Ramon Villalobos on Twitter and, of course, uh, patreon.com slash mexflintalo. Uh, mexflintalo, leave the iTunes reviews. You get them right on the show. It's sick. Uh, five stars and uh, five stars only. Five stars though. None of this four star bullshit like Zach Soto. Quit joking. Yeah, stop playing with me. Anyways, thanks again and take it away. Hell yeah, babies. Ah!